Why did I come to Gama? To this strange town I know I was never in before. The whole town said Tilda committed suicide, but the whole town knew she was murdered. Was he the man who killed her? Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 243 of the Triple Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homie JP, also known as the Mexicant. And of course, we got Mr. Saucedo up in the house again, also known as Freeman Part 2. And I be your host, the M-double-O-D to the Z, Moods, yeah. What's going on, guys? Yeah. What up? Italian Horror Month. Italian super Italian Italian Horror Month Week 1 Luigi Bazzoni Yeah So what year is this? Is this the ninth year that we've been doing this? Yeah Nine, nine, nine Italian years, yeah So, and this is a pretty interesting lineup we got uh, for this year's um, month uh, It's all first time directors and we found some pretty good ones I think it's a pretty good lineup this year. Um, most of the films I've seen before, a couple I haven't, but uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. So uh, yeah, again, week one, Luigi Banzoni. Uh, we got The Possessed from 1965, The Fifth Chord from 1971, and of course, Footprints on the Moon from 1975. Um, yeah, Italian Horror Month. Have you guys been uh, getting down on some other Italian films so far? I got a lineup um, planned for sure. Yeah, I haven't, but I plan to. Uh, I just was kind of busy at the start of this week. Um, but yeah, I got, I got, I got a handful of uh, Italian titles that I've never seen on Blu-ray and stuff like that. So I'll probably just start watching some of those. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that I was kind of going through the shelves and I was like, "What haven't I watched yet?" And I realized there's a couple box sets I haven't really dipped into uh, there was that one from severin like the uh the macabre one um some of the older films like uh some of the giallo sets that vinegar syndrome had done i hadn't there's a few films in there i hadn't seen so i was just i think i might just start to pick away at the ones i haven't seen before maybe this year i'll throw in some classics and shit like that too but i think i'm gonna start to you know get some of those uh off the watch list done so i think i'm gonna jump like right into my favorites and then i'll just like see how i feel i think i'm just gonna watch this like other like other italian movies of the era too like i usually watch the dollars trilogy every year so i'll probably get that in somewhere i want to watch i haven't seen django in about a year or two so i want to watch that again that was great 
I usually end up doing that too. Like I end up watching, like I, I treat Italian horror month, like just Italian cinema month and I'll end up watching. Yeah. Some, like, I think fr- that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like I always end up watching spaghetti Westerns cause you guys know me. I'm a huge uh, Western fan and I love me some spaghetti Westerns, of course. And then I end up watching like Fernando DeLeo, like crime films and shit like that. And yeah. like, I, I like a lot of the rare releases cause, cause they mix it up. They release a lot of, uh, you know, just different types of films. There's horror films. There's, you know, the, the Pluchetsi films and, you know, the crime films and shit like that. So I like to mix it up, but yeah, there's still a few in the collection I haven't got around to. So I did that last year too. I started out with some classics and I just kind of mixed bagged it all the way through the month and stuff like that. So I'll probably end up doing that again. I watched, um, I think it was from that macabre set, the monster of the opera. I hadn't seen it before from 1964. It was, it was actually not very good. (laughs) I was pretty disappointed with this, just kind of a take on like Dracula, but it was really boring. Like I was really, really upset with it, man. I was like, Oh, it's just, I mean, it, it had like cinematography was really good and it, it was, it wasn't like a poorly made film or nothing. It was just standard and just kind of boring, but Italian take on Dracula was like, yeah, whatever. So over one in that box set right now. So, but I'm sure it'll get better. Hopefully. Yeah. Something I kind of noticed, like, um, once I started getting into spaghetti Westerns is that they really are like good companion pieces to Giallo. Oh yeah, man. Yeah they had a lot of the same strides and like for me like i just like really love like the like the music and the atmosphere of italian from this era and like that stuff is splattered all over spaghetti westerns it's right. uh, it's it's a lot more similar than you'd expect i mean i could totally do a you know i could watch the fifth chord and then pop in django you know do the double franco nero double yeah. feature kind of thing you know like nero did a lot of fucking westerns and shit though a lot of spaghetti western he did a lot of different types of films all over the place but yeah but yeah i know i know what you're saying though but I, the thing I like about Spaghetti Westerns is that, I mean, the scores are always so fucking good in those movies. I, I, the scores are just amazing, but they're always so damn violent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. and they're so much more bloody than like American, the American counterparts. Yeah. And like, there's they, they, almost like all these stories in the classic American ones where there's like the good verse, good verse, bad, and you learn a lesson like by the end of it. And they don't yeah. give a fuck. It, it's like a He-Man episode ones. where there's like the moral of the story at the end. Yeah. <laughs> in, like movies like, I don't know, like the great silence and like death rides a horse. Like they don't give a fuck. No, dude. And no, th- and those are two of my favorites, man. Like those are great fucking films right there. Yeah. Those are, oh, I definitely want to watch death rides a horse. I haven't watched that in a couple of years. Uh, I remember being like super impressed by it honestly everything with kinski in it though man like, the dude just has the face of evil right it's just yeah. amazing he's like a per- perfect a perfect villain it's funny too that we bring him up actually because he he appears on footprints on the moon and he's like he's in the role that you would just expect him to be in right <laughs> right did you did you guys watch that in italian or do you watch it dubbed uh I, w- I watched all these in like the english version well the possessed was actually shot in english i mean all these movies were shot silent, but you know, well, they were actually English speaking. Yeah, same well, with the fifth chord too. Oh, okay. Well, I, I know I have the disc on, um, on the fifth chord and I just, I watched the Italian it. version of footprints on the moon, but it, yeah. it was in English. Yeah. I just, what I, I think that's what I did too. And it was in English. I thought I just did it automatically, but whatever, like the dub on Klaus Kinski was made me laugh so hard. Oh dude. It was just it's not so even funny. close to what he said. Dude, I literally have it in my notes and I said, it, it has me laughing. I said, the yeah. dub on Klaus Kinski does not work. It's just it's not so even close bad. to what his real voice. There's a lot of Italian films that Kinski did that where he never dubbed his own voice. Like he's dubbed all the time. It seems like it's. I, I I don't know if it was him or the studios, you know, because like 
the stories of working with Klaus Kinski. Hard to work with. Yeah, I guess well, that's what that, that's what I'm it. saying. Like, you know, by the time it was going to, into post to do the voiceovers and stuff, they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck Kinski, man, he's so hard to work with." Just we'll just fucking dub his voice because <laughs> yeah. I can even see Kinski going, "Ah, fuck that, I'm not going to dub my own voice." Yeah, like, I guess like you know, else like, to do it. Like Christopher Lee, like all the all the foreign films that he did that he did, um, like all the Euro shit that he did, he always came back and usually dubbed. I think except for like one or two films that he never did. And that that's really strange to hear someone else's voice when you're watching Christopher Lee. That's yeah. fucking bizarre, dude. Because there was one film I just watched and I actually looked in the credits and actually said that he couldn't go back to do the post on it or something like that because he was committed to doing another film and it was a scheduling conflict or something. So he just said, fuck it and didn't do it. And I was, it was one of the Christopher Lee box sets. And uh, I was like, oh my God, it's so fucking weird to hear someone else's voice like coming out of like when you're watching that face. Oh, it was it was so off-putting to me. I couldn't stop like focusing on it yeah like, ruin the, the movie for me. the klaus part <laughs> yeah like ruin the well it, it, at least with klaus kinski and footprints on the moon like it's on a huge role so it's not that distracting but yeah, it made, it's just it like made it me laugh out loud because this yeah. was one of the movies i'd never seen before yeah right? i've never seen this before so i was like oh my god dude i didn't even know kinski was in it until i was like went to the imdb page and I'm like kinski's in this movie i'm like what the fuck and then he pops up and i'm like oh that's a weird role fuck <laughs> so yeah, it was just totally tripped me right out but yeah awesome awesome stuff yeah so that's really the only movie that i've watched this month besides the three for this um this episode yeah monster on monster of the opera although i went to the cinema and watched oh, okay so i gotta i gotta tell a story man oh, okay okay so <laughs> okay so i went and seen uh five nights at freddy's Yep. And okay. you know, it, I, I not I'm I don't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy. Like I'm not like a fan of the franchise or the books or the com whatever it's based on. I don't even know. All I know is just like a killer fucking animatronic, whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, so I walk into the in the theater and there was like a couple people sitting there, and this guy turns around and he's like, Hey, he's like, How long have you been a big fan or how long have you been a fan of this franchise? And I'm like, What? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, already this is like getting weird, right? I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm like, uh, I'm not really, I don't really know much about it, to be honest. I'm just here because it's, you know, it's a horror film. And he's like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then all these people start rolling in and it's like, oh man, for lack of a better term, it was some of the most interesting characters. I will just put it, put it bluntly. Like I'm picking up what you're putting down. It was a lot of weird people. Yeah. Right? Like the crowd was very, <laughs> okay, was they were very weird. Strange. It was very strange. Like it was just people that were so into fucking Five Nights at Freddy's shit. Like they know everything, right? And people are like, all giddy, and it's like it's like this age group of like late teens, early twenties. Because like I guess there's been talks making this movie since like 2015, and I actually heard one of the kids after, like he was little after the movie ended. He's he's freaking out, he's screaming and yelling. He's like, "Oh my god, I've, I've been waiting eight years. I've been waiting half my life to see this movie." And like it was like that type of shit, right? Oh my but gosh! Any, but anyways, there's a moment in the film. And uh, at the end of this movie, I'm not going to give it away. But anyways, Freddie says a line and the crowd erupts, standing ovation. People Did you just feel like out. a complete I, fish I know, out of water? And I'm sitting here and I'm looking around going, what the fuck yeah. is happening right now? I'm like, because I, I didn't line. know that know there was a famous line. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, now I'm feeling really awkward because like, I'm like the only person sitting down trying to watch the movie. The people are applauding and freak high-fiving and hugging and screaming and yelling. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It, it's is like so when your awkward. friend takes you to a, a band that you've never seen or know anything about. And like, everybody's like, oh, I do it. And you're just like there. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, it was pretty much like that, right? And then yeah, that's awkward. So this line happens, and the place erupts, and then and then the course of the movie ends, and then it, it just standing ovation. The lines come on, and people are yelling. It's high five. It was just I was like, what am I witnessing right now? This that's is the memes. weirdest. That's the next I've never been in a memes. cinema. I've never been in a cinema when something like that has happened before, ever. Like, and I've seen a lot of movies in the cinema. That was a weird experience, man. I was just like, what the fuck? And then to my amazement, like 95% of the people left before like the mid scene or the mid credit scene. And then there was like something after whatever, like most people miss that shit. I'm like, really? Like you didn't stick around for that shit. <laughs> it was just yeah, so strange. And I we always watched do. it at home. Oh no, we did. We did watch it. Cause I fast forwarded the credits to see if there was one. Yeah. Yeah. We watched it, it at home. Right. Right. What'd you think of it? I mean, like it, it wasn't for me. Like I wasn't the target audience. I mean, it was what it was. Like I thought I know it was supposed to be three hours and it was still like long, but like, it does seem like it's really chopped up and there's just like a lot of, a lot of half baked stuff that was probably supposed to be more fleshed out. And yeah. I was a little, like, I was a little cut bit the time down. It was just like, you just had a long uh, movie that like was a mess. Okay. So I didn't know it was supposed to be three hours. I, I, yeah. I kind of got, I kind of got the impression that it did feel a little bit like some of the editing was a little bit off and stuff. So that actually makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. It but, was uh, weird. It was like a David Fincher movie, like in one half and the other half was like a, was like a Blumhouse movie. Yeah. Like it was, it was okay, the thing that surprised me about the narrative was how odd it was. It was a yeah. weird narrative. And that's like, what I goes, mean. Like they, like they gave you like a glimpse and like, obviously gave you the background on like the history of like Freddy's or whatever, but yeah, like yeah. you never really felt like you understood what was going on and not because so it was like, mysterious. is that the actual real out. story of all the characters of five nights at Freddy's? Like, is that I believe actually, so, so uh, this I knew more about it. Like, cause she's um late twenties. So she knew a little bit more about it. I don't know if like she really actually grew up with it, but she knew okay. enough about it. So I kind of like fill in the blanks. So like, I know a line you're talking about. I guess that's like the ending. I guess it's like a line yeah. in the video game, but it's, oh. I suppose it's way better in the video game or something. And I guess okay. they took a lot out of the video game that like was like good stuff. So yeah, I was just, I was driving home and I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, man, was this the actual narrative of like, because I'm like, this is some pretty dark ass shit right here. Like this was yeah. aimed for kids and stuff. And I'm like, this is how the characters come to life. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this was for kids? I wanted like, to see it. Like I wish like they would have shown it what they talked about, like with the, with the things coming to life. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the kills and stuff. There was one decent one, but most of the, like the body counts pretty yeah, low in it. And there it wasn't that violent. That's something it I wasn't. It wasn't, and a couple of the kills weren't even like on screen, and they were just kind of there. And I was like, wow, like I was yeah. very, very disappointed with that aspect of the film. But I was just kind of taken back at how strange the narrative was, and like I kept thinking, I'm like, this was aimed at kids. I'm like, that's just so fucking bizarre. But then the movie comes out, and it's like 18A. I'm like, what the hell? And it wasn't even that violent. Like it wasn't even that crazy. Yeah, it really to be honest, I mean, the Banana Splits movie is way more violent and fucking well better. That, that movie was, I guess, I honestly, I think that movie like, and that is, that and that's like an interpretation of like Banana Splits because they, if you if you've ever seen Banana Splits before, it's like a straight up kids TV show in the early seventies. Like it's just a straight up kids thing, and that they turned into an adult fucking slasher film, right? Like <laughs> it it's must just be so the bizarre. Director's thing, yeah. So, it's a woman, right? Is that what it really? I think it's a woman. It's like Agatha or like Agnes something. Oh shit! I think it's a Russian girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I was... never. I, I I didn't know. I don't know anything about that series or franchise or whatever. I remember 
I remember my Nate or sorry, my uh, boss's son was into it back when I guess it, you know, years ago at this point, but I didn't really know what the hell it was. And I still don't really. I, is it like a. So did it start out as a video TV game show or? or something? It's a video game. And I guess it's kind of like, imagine like Chuck E. Cheese's with like a murder background, like a, like a murder history, like a shutdown Chuck E. Cheese right. where things come to life. It reminded so, me of Willie's Wonderland or is that what it's called? Yeah. It's very similar in a, in a, in a sense. Like, I mean, like I said, there's like, there's three movies that have kind of been very similar, like banana splits and five nights at freddy's and yeah I think they're all kind of similar by the way this was the this what this director was a woman um it's the woman that did the wind from 2018 like that western yeah 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 mm-hmm. that, that movie was super atmospheric yeah Pretty so good. same same director of that film yeah it wasn't a bad movie but <laughs> it was uh, okay like it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen but it's like i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah it's not like i'm just gonna go recommend to someone either yeah, yeah, I, I was, did like banana splits, even though it's kind of cheap filling, but yeah. I just I just can't believe that they turned like a straight up kids television show into like a fucking slasher film like that. Well, <laughs> it's like kind of the trend now, right? With Winnie Winnie the Pooh and Oh, oh my yeah. god. I heard, I haven't seen the that, Grinch. but I heard it was like just such a just like such a cash in. I mean it was, but I actually had fun with it. I watched it in the theater what that movie got a theatrical yeah bro it was a real limited one but yeah i think i holy fuck i didn't know that i thought it was one of those like straight vod like straight to dvd type things it pretty much was what was in theaters for like a couple days maybe a week it kind of got a viral thing going on because i i know that like there my theater there was a i think there was a pretty decent amount of people in there for it and it was in like the winter too like february or something yeah it was early hmm I mean, I guess it's possible capitalize on like terrifier too, because that's kind of like what happened. Yeah, it's it's a trend, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to do banana splits and all these type of killer animatronic movies and stuff like you might as well make Winnie the Pooh a fucking villain, right? Like, I actually thought first, uh, it's a low budget slasher film, essentially, but it wasn't super polished. But for what it was, I was like, you know what? This this had some fun stuff in it. And some is it why cool is it just acting is not the greatest? Is it do is it just a dude in a Winnie the Pooh costume? Or is it like is there CG in the movie and shit? Um, I don't I, I feel like it was mostly practical if my memories, right? I actually just um, read yesterday that they're doing a sequel and Tigger's going to actually be in the sequel. Yeah, well, Piglet was in this one really it was winnie and piglet and piglet was fucking creepy i was surprised I mean, that tigger wasn't in this one like he's such a main character well i think that it's i think also that it's like when they because the, the reason they're able to do this is because they went into public domain um but oh, i think the tigger character really? might have been introduced years later so it might not have been in public domain yet or something. Oh, I had no idea. Really? Public domain? That's yeah. so random, dude. You wouldn't think that Winnie the Pooh would be public domain. That's why people like I rolled about it because in public domain. So someone was like, really? So uh, like, dude, that makes a lot call. more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, it could have been way worse. Like I, I had fun with it. I, I would put it on par with like banana splits, like the quality wise, yeah. maybe a little bit less. I had so much fun with Banana Splits, man. That, so did I, but that, I grew up watching the show too. Yeah, I had never really seen much of it. And then I, I checked out a couple of clips before I saw the movie. I was like, oh, okay. And then I actually have this Saturday morning cartoon uh, big box set that I bought 
maybe earlier this year or whatever and it actually has some of the episodes on there i was like oh fucking sweet so i watched them it's yeah pretty, it's that it's show fun. is so fucking like 70s oh big time big time yeah or is it 60s no it was i think the episodes that i seen were from the early 70s it could have been on in the 60s i'm not sure i never checked actually the run dates on it but it was like 71 something like that very scratchy very uh very low budget kitty program it's pretty it was fun. 68 that it so 68 to 70. 70 okay because i'm pretty sure the episodes that i watched were from my 1970 but they could have been from i'm not sure but yeah that's either, either show, way. <laughs> i remember it used to be on all the time like late at night when i was a kid yeah i like i never Network. heard of it maybe maybe it didn't run in syndication up in canada i have no idea because I, I was very unfamiliar with it i remember remember zach bringing it up he's like you never seen banana splits i'm like bro and it, it might not have been in syndication like sometimes we yeah, just didn't get honestly, some of those I don't shows remember this show either. yeah Maybe it, it, it came on years. really late at night, which is I like for some reason, like until like I was probably like in the late single digits. I just like didn't watch Cartoon Network. So there are there is like this little era like I missed. I was just like a pure Nickelodeon kid for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it must not have been in because like I still watch cartoons like I'm a kid and like yeah. I watch cartoons all the way through the 80s and 90s. Like I, I'd never heard of it. So like, you know, I, it obviously was not airing up here, but yeah. Yeah, which doesn't really surprise me. We, the, that's happened with a few shows that just never ran in syndication. It's just right. It's kind of like the the region shit, right? Sometimes you just don't get them, and sometimes you do. I don't know. Yeah, usually we're the ones. Usually you guys are the ones getting hosed by that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, never mind. Thinking to myself. Um, I, by the way, I did get an update since it is Italian Horror Month. Uh, I got an update on Dario Argento. Oh, shit. Um, More laughs? <laughs> no. Yeah, man. Uh, so this one is, uh, as we know, Dario Argento was silent for about 10 years um, in, in between Dracula and Black Glasses was 10 years. And all of a sudden, we got a Dario Argento film out of nowhere last year. And I think we were all like kind of impressed with what it was considering what it, he had been um yeah. but shortly after that film was released it was announced that he was working on another film um and it is called um it's called um uh, <laughs> no i forget what it's called <laughs> i don't know if it has a title but it's uh Dario Argento project yeah 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 um it's supposed to be a remake of a classic 1940s mexican film it's called sandman um, <laughs> it, it was supposed to film it was uh in pre-production did you say a remake of a 40s movie yeah a 40s a, mexican movie a 40s wow that's bizarre that i i can't even picture argento like he's remaking a louis bonnell film or something yeah like remaking a movie at this stage in his career just seems so bizarre i guess that's maybe where you're at when you're that old maybe he's like old and it's like he's like thinking about like his mortality and he thought of something that already reminded him of his childhood he's like i'm going to remake the movie that so he's gonna make fucking dracula 4d <laughs> <laughs> um but it uh it it's supposed to star Isabel Huppert and they you were actually oh. supposed to uh, start filming in Paris uh, in spring, but um, hmm. Dario Argento uh, basically got injured from a fall and oh, broke no. his femur. So oh. it was well, delayed and now it's supposed to film 
in the near future i guess but it was actually set to start shooting in in spring i remember when they announced that but i guess he fell and broke his femur i mean he's like i remember hearing that around last year too that's a rough break man at that age to break your femur dude oh yikes like that could kill you man yeah i know that's that's (laughs) that's what i was saying 82 years old dario argento um it's not good it was supposed to produce in the spring and it's now supposed to start shooting early 2024. that's kind of big he's got isabel huper in it that's like yeah she's a pretty pretty respectable name to have in your movie yeah crazy but then again you know i mean it's it is argento like i mean if you were i i bet argento could probably get a lot of people in his movies yeah, it's just like it just that's like a name that just like adds a lot of credibility because she just like she does she's like at a point in her career where she just doesn't take on like bad projects. Right. Yeah, she said something about how um Dario is like a legendary filmmaker and stuff. So even if you factor in his later films, he's still highly respected amongst, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people after Dark Glasses came out kind of assumed that a lot of his decline had to do with like studio slash budgetary reasons yeah um because i mean he's still competent like like dark glasses might not be like the stuff of his 70s and 80s but it shows this the flashes that we knew argento had so i and and that's like one of the first times i've seen because usually when a director gets on their streak of bad films towards the end of their career it usually never comes back to like something that's decent so that was pretty cool to see especially 10 years after dracula so the the landscape of the world if you just take dracula 3d and then you know what it is now is so different even with like technology like even cell phones are so different from from 2012 to now it's kind of crazy how much things has changed in 10 years i mean dark glasses was definitely i mean it was definitely my favorite film probably since like you know i'd probably say sleepless i I think i like sendall syndrome better than sleepless but i'd probably say since the sendall syndrome in 96 i think it was i i mean i think it's one probably his best piece of work since then i mean that's a long i would probably agree with that but i also don't think it was great I don't think dark yeah. classes was great but i had a lot of fun with it man and it was i i just like the fact yeah. that like you know um like aja argento is in, uh, was in it and stuff and just the native language and stuff like it just felt different it felt right you know but yeah it felt it felt natural versus like when you were getting um you know uh dracula 3d and and uh the card player and stuff like that it just felt it felt so oh. far removed from what argento had done the card yeah. player is such a piece of shit. <laughs> like it is really fucking bad like i'm sorry man but like that movie is fucking trash bags dude and it's hard to watch now like that fucking whole gambling poker oh it's like it's just so out- <laughs> i mean it was outdated Video, it was outdated yeah. in 2003 i love the technology in it like it i love outda- the computers and shit yeah man and like giallo fuck like i don't i still don't understand the whole giallo title to that movie and shit makes no fucking sense to me you know call a movie giallo and then not even make a fucking giallo it's <laughs> fucked up too it's just bizarre to me although i didn't mind his masters of horror episode 
yeah both of those were good yeah both of them were pretty good man and actually to be honest man i actually like the hitchcock movie do you like hitchcock i mean a lot of people kind of shit on it but i think it's because it was like made for tv and it's just it's kind of dumbed down and stuff it's not like you know your kind of typical argento that you're going to get and stuff but i kind of like i mean i I like it too um the only one the only one that i actually think is like bad to me is the card player but even that i'm at like a four and a half type five rating i i I would rather watch the card player than giallo though giallo is just a bore i I actually literally like giallo like oh man it's like i think it's pretty solid at least in so long i've seen it to have an opinion like dracula 3d man i remember when it watching when it you know when it first came out and just being totally taken back at like how shitty it was like the the cg in it and stuff and it was just so poorly put together and then when we reviewed it i think it would have been probably in the last argento volume or whatever and uh like it obviously still isn't great but it it was better than i remembered for some odd reason like there's there's moments in the narrative and there's certain things about it that i actually didn't mind and i remember people even commenting and being like yeah you know it wasn't as bad as i remembered it to be because i think like it had been so long like it had been like 10 years since i'd seen it kind of thing and it was so far removed and like you know how you remember things like one way and then you watch something you're like fuck man i don't remember it being like that and i yeah, I, yeah, I, had, sure. I had that moment with dracula 3d and i was like it's really not as bad as i remember because you know you talk about how bad it is for a whole decade and then you rewatch something and and that's what i always tell that it's what i always try to tell people too it's like if you remember not liking something but you have an interest in rewatching it like go back and rewatch something man it might be a totally different thing you might just be not remembering it you know the, mm-hmm. it, for what it actually is and i've had that happen to me a few times and like we gave it a like a pretty positive review and i think some of the comments were coming in and being like yeah like i rewatched dracula 3d it's actually not as bad as i remember and i'm like i know right like it was one of yeah. those kind of like oh shit moments like fuck stop harping it, on it also came out thing. in a landscape of where like I think it was the tail end of like the angry horror fan. It was <laughs> post post remake era. And literally I remember everything that came out, people hated. Like I right. early days of YouTube, you know, we just started YouTube in like 2012, but I watched people's videos for like three years before that. And yeah, me too. I was about the same. And yeah. it literally like people were like just such haters. Like I it's so vivid to me to to think back to that time period because i was young and like impressionable um in my horror knowledge you know and i just remember everybody hating everything and just talking shit on everything like everybody was so miserable i felt and that it turns out there was actually a lot of good films that were coming out at that time but you know, people were focused on like jennifer's body and shit you're so right about the like the i think that's what that era of youtube was like it was it was youtube was getting a lot bigger in like 2009 10 and stuff like that and i think people are just trying to make names for themselves by just harping on shit all the time but you're right everyone fucking hated everything and the only person that you could watch that had like a positive spin on anything was fucking cool duder because you know he never, yeah. he never shits on anything so like i think that's Dude, fat duder was the man back then i think it was one of those things where you got so sick of fucking watching people's videos they were just shitting on every movie and then you watch cool cool dude and it was like a breath of fresh air because he's like yeah no this is pretty fun he was doing like these trauma <laughs> lists and stuff and you're like oh he's having fun but he's never ripping on anything but but then you know him like, years later he's oh. just that's the way he is he doesn't really like to say anything bad about anything which you know what <laughs> it is what it is but yeah it was just kind of refreshing to see someone not harping on anything but you're right though like i remember when this shit came out <laughs> the youtube videos were so fucking funny on this though 
What Dracula 3D, yeah. man? Oh, well, my dude, God, do you remember? Do you remember when the trailer, the first trailer, came out? Like, oh, fuck! And it, it didn't, <laughs> ha- it, it didn't have the effects done, and it said it literally would pop up in the bottom, like it was like, it was like effects not complete. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like skeletal like of like the praying man it's just like the outline of it and shit <laughs> like and i just remember like why would you ever yeah, why would fucking you show release that? that so we remember we talked about this for like one time we were like we were both just baffled like why would you ever show that to someone <laughs> because that's the first because like like the cliche says like first impressions you know are first impressions like it, it, you know it, that's what happened like it gets ingrained in your mind like you can we're still talking about this thing like fucking 11 years later like how stupid that was to do that to people. Yeah. I can't even believe that they did that. It was, it was literally the funniest thing. And I've never actually ever seen another movie ever do that. Have you ever seen that before? No, I've never heard of something like that. Right? That's like insanity. Why would you give that as a first impression on something? Oh, by the way, like, did they well, have to meet a deadline to get I the think trailer? It was, but it's like, I even think it they was, had to meet a deadline. Like, you I think it's no, I, fucking weird, right? right? I so think strange. it was, um, like, one of those like Cannes film fest things like where it, they were trying to get investors to like finish the film or something like uh, that. And then maybe it okay. like wasn't supposed to really be like a public thing, but it, you know, did, I don't know the full story, but I, I remember it was like, I think it had to do with the, the, with something along those lines of like a film festival. But even if you're that trying to get investors, like why would you show them like half done like effects and stuff like just <laughs> show them some other shit but not that like i you can, can see like where like, they could say like think of how good this could be if we had effects here right yeah i can see like where <laughs> yeah that, that to this day that's still one of the weirdest things i've ever seen that is like so funny it's so to, bizarre like, get out like that though <laughs> so fucking bizarre man oh shit because like, i have seen like um like a movie before like that wasn't like as like a test screener and like the music wasn't there the effects weren't done so those parts are just like a complete dog shit where there was like actually no you you know what's funny about that this past year uh mm. when i was doing um the fantasia film festival um online reviews but i ended up getting COVID and didn't watch like anything i, I think i watched like six <laughs> movies but um the one of the first ones i watched was a larry fessenden project that um was uh a werewolf film yeah and it literally said at the beginning of the movie that this is uh a temp score or something like that that that, that the score wasn't it wasn't the actual score <laughs> yeah but the score i mean that that's a little bit different than showing like half done effects and stuff and like just showing like little twigs on the screen and shit like a yeah. score it is what it is man i mean you could change the score and for anything if you want like, right but like- i just thought it was interesting i've never seen a movie that was like pre-done you know what i mean is yeah. it before it was yeah. done? Right, i don't remember right. much about because i was wicked drunk but my brother was with me and he was not drunk and i was like that was great and he was like bro that was terrible that was some of the worst shit i've ever seen what do you mean that was great what 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 fascinating movie was that werewolf thing like, um what, what was it it's i feel like it's called something road or something i'll look it up hmm i don't know it, that like the movie i was seeing was return to nukem high part two Mm. It, it's it's mostly oh it's called blackout sorry i think return. it was known as another title at first oh, okay. um, title it yeah, was re- uh yeah because i don't think it's i don't know if it's released yet is it like an older film that just never got like how no, like it's, it's 2023 
Oh shit, man! So it's so Feston is still doing. Man, I love Larry Feston as a director and as a as an actor. Man, he's good at both. He's actually really underrated, man. Like that. Well, this, set that you're gonna be disappointed put with this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying everything that he's done has been great, but I, I I like his early stuff, man. Like the Feston box set that Screen Factory put out, man. It's all good movies, man. It's like yeah, good those, stuff, those man. are fun. There's like two those. of his that kind of impressed me when I first saw them, and they were both like older movies. Yeah, like his '90s shit, dude. Like yeah, the, the, what the, was like that movie like here, like the vampire one? Yeah, like, man, like, or something. It's fucking good, man. It's really yeah, good. That's an interesting movie. And um, good the indie, first one he did, like good no telling films. or something. That mm-hmm. was a really cool indie film. Yeah, really good, really good shit, man. The thing I like about Festin, man, he pops up and he makes cameos in so many goddamn movies, and like he, like yeah. it's almost like it, it's almost like he prefers to be like that side character and act. Like he doesn't have too many starring roles in movies unless he's doing his own kind of thing. Yeah. Although he just did that movie with Barbara Crampton. Um, what was it last year? Year before they're married, they play a married couple. Fuck was that know. called? Nah, I, I, I can't remember. I, I watched it. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. But yeah, I was I was like, wow, that's kind of a cool couple. Fessin and Barbara Crampton. Interesting. Um but uh yeah, Fessin, man. He's 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 a cool dude, man. I like that guy. Um what the fuck was I gonna say? All right. So last week we did Actually, Barbara Crampton's in Blackout, I think. <laughs> Is she? Barbara Crampton? Yeah. They're uh, probably just sense. homies. Yeah, they probably are. You know, they were in um, what together? Uh, we are still here together. Right. Yeah. She was in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. So they probably like, there's probably just like these, like, like a lot of those, like, older, especially those older actors kind of just hung around horror. Probably Isn't just, like, she on working on some kind of remake or something? I don't know, but like she's probably somebody that people call like, "Hey, you want to do a little movie?" Where like she has people, she has connections with too. And like Larry's is probably a good link with her. Yeah, yeah. She ever since she got back into acting because she kind of retired there for a while, and she's done a lot of shit in like the last fifteen years. It's crazy. Like she's been in like a yeah. hundred fucking movies, literally in like the last decade. It's crazy. So good for her. Um. So yeah. So last week we did. Um, what was the list? The top. What was the top twenty? Halloween one movies halloween, movies? halloween or something yeah 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 that was kind of a fun list I, one of the comments that came in from that was it was just the karate kid lol it's <laughs> <laughs> like it's so stupid that i was, I was so, laughing that about was that all week reach. oh that is so stupid it's such a dumb thing but that's why we, I, that's why i like taking a look at lists and shit because they always crack me up but so i did a quick little uh google here and i don't know if i've ever actually done one of these before i definitely didn't do this list but because I don't recognize the website at all, but uh, I just uh, typed in like top giallo. I think we okay. did. We did Italian horror before. I don't know. Yeah, if like, like specifically done giallo. Yeah, I don't think there was an actual giallo. I think it might have been Italian horror or something like that. But so I, t- I typed in top giallo films, and this website came up called Tilt dot Go Bama Stomp. I don't know. <laughs> go Goom Tilt Goom. I don't know with tilt magazine anyways is what it is but uh, it says it came up as the it's called kill baby kill the 27 best giallo films 27 that's such a weird i know i I just typed in top i was expecting maybe a top 20 but this was the first thing that came up and i was like 27 what the fuck makes a 27 list it's just so okay it's so uneven you know what i mean make a 25 or a 30. why 27 ah that's interesting so we'll quickly go through this because i i like i haven't even scrolled down so 
uh, is it right? Oh, okay, it is numbered. I hate when they're not numbered. That annoys the shit out of me. Before you get into that, did you guys see the post in? Not the, <laughs> I was not waiting for this. Not to not to be a dick, but did you see the post in Twenty Two Shots Facebook group about um, Michele Suave? Michele, and, yeah, and his best Giallo films. <laughs> I did, and I, I, I commented on it. And of course, Sam was having an argument back and forth. But I was like, yeah. oh, like these aren't fucking giallos, man. Like, They're not even close." Well, I was the first person that commented, and I was like, "I was like, I think you mean Italian films because Suave, did, Suave didn't do any um, giallos. The only one you could even stage argue fright. at all. Stage fright. Stage fright, yeah. stage fright comes up still, on giallo. It's not. It's it not comes, a giallo. Yeah, it, it comes. A hundred percent is not a giallo. It, it's more like an American slasher, really. Like, it is it, yeah. that's literally what it is <laughs> but it does come up on quite a few jello lists but like when you when you mentioned cemetery man or something like that in, in the he was uh, he was trying to argue like the church was yeah the church what is complete- you, bro i think uh, listen and not to make fun of cameron but i think he just uh, he's using italian films as interchangeable with giallo mm-hmm. like because there are some definitions online and stuff that just basically lump italian films in they're just they're another word for you know italian yeah. film is giallo. i see some suspiria get called a giallo yeah, all the time which so is people, not to the point people close. try to argue with me and tell me like no i think it's a giallo okay then what's a giallo and then they can't tell you what a giallo is it's not a giallo Never suspiria I, is. it's not I, like, I see suspiria pop up on giallo lists all the time and i'm like fuck that's so annoying to me it just annoys me people just see sorry argeno like the guy who made like the like arguably the most popular and best giallo director just made like other movies and his most popular movie isn't a giallo but he made it in between a bunch so they just assume it is <laughs> and it's well, funny I, too you have earlier giallos that aren't even consider like people don't even consider them giallos but they're totally giallos like just because they were like early or considered to be like a proto giallo or some shit like that like like the girl who knew too much, like Bava's first. So like most people that know the history of Giallo's kind of consider that to be like the very f- kind of first one, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But it never gets mentioned as like the early Giallo, you know, like the first Giallo kind of thing. It's kind I of think special. like the first, I always look at like this, the first like real life stylistic prototype to me is Blood and Black Lace. But like I think, the th- format, I think that's where it completely like, becomes a giallo through and through yeah and, but i think like the format where people were like where people really got behind giallo and like popularized and copied was bird with the crystal plumage yeah well yeah like the right, later yeah. later six years is when it became yeah like that movie yeah. popularized it and i think people saw that movie and, and people were like let's fucking make that but it's crazy because like bava had done you know a few up to that point that were pretty fucking i mean even the possessed like this movie is considered to be one of the very kind of first kind of um, giallo-esque type films and stuff and this one was released just after blood and black lace above his blood and black lace so around the exact same time mm-hmm. so they kind of consider him to be like proto protos because it's pretty early man it's like mid 60s right girl knew too much i think was 63 like it's really yeah, it fucking 60, early it was 63 yeah like that's really early but it's definitely if you take that movie and compare it to Blood and Black Lace, it's almost like night and day. But it still shares some of those genetic makeups of what a giallo actually is. And then yeah. Blood and Black Lace just kind of kind of puts it to the forefront. So, but, um, so yeah, so top twenty-seven best giallos according to Tilt magazine. Number twenty-seven is Torso. Sergio Martino. I mean, starting off strong. 
Yeah, that's that, probably that, one of my favorites. It's it's funny that it's number twenty seven. That's got one of the best kills, I think, of like any any Giallo. It's actually one of my favorites too. Actually, Martino never really missed with his Giallos, man. Super underrated uh director in general. Kind of a journeyman, but I mean he's mostly probably known for his uh his horror films and his giallos and stuff, but um he did shit all over the place, man. He did westerns, he did fucking crime films, he did comedy, he did everything, man. Like a lot of Italian directors, right? Journeyman. Yeah, way just that, like that's, the genre films. Yeah, I mean, it was the way the studios were because the studios would be like, hey, Martina, you're making a fucking Western today. Go get it. You know, hmm. it's like, it's so bizarre how they did it, but. See, see. Yeah. Uh, number 26 is uh, oh, well, A Blade in the Dark, uh, 1983. That would be Lamberto Bava. Never right. seen it. I haven't it's seen it, but I've heard about it. It's just, was that his first movie? Uh, technically. Um, no, Macabre would have been 1980. Oh yeah, Macabre was his first movie. Yeah, okay, right. And it depends how you look at it too, because like he pretty much kind of did like um, uh, his dad's last film, like Shock. Like I know he was the assistant director on that. It goes yeah. under Mario Bava's name, but I think Lamberto directed most of that movie though. But yeah, yeah Macabre would have been his first film, which we've done. I think we probably reviewed a lot of these films on this list. Come to think, Must, of it, but, yeah. Uh, so far, we've reviewed both of those. I believe. Did we do a Blade? No, we never did Blade in the Dark because I've never seen it weird i can't believe that we never did that what the fuck we've only done one lumberto bava show i think right and and that was what what did we do Uh, demons 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 2 and was it macabre macabre yeah i think okay all right so first got that nice vincent release right which uh, one? Blade of Dark, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got that cool, like, of. box set that, like, opens. Oh, yeah. The box is yeah, fucking gnarly, dude. It's so gnarly. Um, okay. So, number 25 is Dario Gento's uh, Trauma from 93. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I. It, I mean, little, the other, the uh, definitely, we'll see, definitely we'll see at the end of it. Of like, better like, movies are not Yeah. See, like, it, and, and that's the thing. Like, is this ranked? It is, it, it, I guess. I mean, it says. The I mean, like, if it's gonna back. be on this list, it's gonna be like towards the back. But yeah, like, I mean, we'll see what's left off at the end. See, we, see, we can make fun of it because they're actually they actually disclose this as best Giallo films too. So trauma would be number twenty five. I don't even think trauma wouldn't even make my top twenty seven. I don't think it would make my top no, twenty. Probably not. That's no why I'm saying like, let's see what's left off at the end. <laughs> right. Uh, number twenty four. Oh shit! Uh, the fifth chord. Um, We'll be talking about that one soon enough here. Of course, Luigi Benzoni's mm-hmm. Fifth Chord. Uh, number 23, which is Argento again for Flies on Grey Velvet. Okay. Uh, which is um, cool. Yeah, I think that one is the weakest of the three. Oh, by far. Yeah. By far. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't mean it's weak, but it's just, yeah, it's the weakest of the other three. Change. If it's going to make this list, I would probably have it like in like the back 20s like this. Oh, yeah. this is one that I'm, I'm pretty happy to see on the list because I love this movie. Uh, In the Folds of the Flesh from 1970. I haven't even heard of this movie. Oh, it's great. I can't remember. Uh, probably, since it's 70, I want to say that I've probably seen it, but... You probably did. Yeah. Um, I probably yeah. mentioned to to watch it or whatever. It's good. I believe it was on my list. My 1970 list. I have no idea. I don't even remember what my number... Oh, 1970? I, fuck, I can't remember. I always, the Crystal Plumage was 70. Yeah. yeah. So the, the folds of flesh. I wonder if that actually made my top ten. I can't remember. Um, number twenty one, the killer must kill again. Uh, Luigi, I think Cozy. we've reviewed that. Yeah, we did. That Lu- sounds familiar. Luigi Cozy. Oh. Yeah, we, we definitely did that. One. Is that the one I fucking hated? <laughs> uh, I think you might not have. 
like that one as much. Yeah, what one sure. was? Remember the one that ended with like the lesbian thing that I fucking hated. Yeah, <laughs> I forget oh. what movie that was. Me too. Yeah, I remember. That's that. so Italian. <laughs> Lesbians. Actually, we'll get into that. Actually, one of the reveals in one of the films we're going to watch tonight was it, it yeah. fucking made me laugh. <laughs> it totally made me. I laugh. was like, I was thinking this too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this would not fly today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ! That is, that's so fucking weird. All right, so um, number twenty is the case of the Scorpion's Tail. Uh, we've right. also reviewed that before. That's uh, going back to Sergio that was Martino. Last year. Yeah, yeah, I was on that show. So it's already two Martino films. Um, number nineteen, the New York Ripper from nineteen eighty-two. I believe Great that was one. my favorite film from nineteen eighty-two. I love. I've seen the New York yeah. Ripper. I think I'll astonishingly, probably more times than anyone ever needs to see the New York Ripper. Man. I've watched <laughs> it so many fucking times in my life. It's crazy. And the foot scene still makes me gag. It makes me absolutely <laughs> dude. It's gross. It really is. It's disgusting, dude. Ugh. It's fucking oh, yeah, it's super it, nasty. It's, it's like a nasty and it's sleazy. just like and it's like two people are involved in that. Like, why would either of you act like that? Oh, I know. It's so gross. Uh, you know that, me. I that, have like I have like foot trauma, man. Like I I'm so <laughs> I hate feet so much. I can't even look at my own feet. Like it's just I hate feet. Oh, oh and yeah. that, that part grosses me out, man. I, I that, that's one that I has like grown on. Like I, every time I watch it, I like it more and more. With with, with most Valchies, honestly, but yeah, um, yeah, that one today would have probably made my eighty-two list, which it did not back when we did that. Shut up! That wasn't on your eighty-two list. Crazy man, eighty-two is a strong year though. There's a lot of good films. There is. That's There's... that's kind of funny though, because it should have made your number ten because it was my number one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah today it probably would be my number 10 because there's just titles in there that can't be topped like amityville 2 for me right fucking friday 2 i think three yeah. friday three yeah friday three yep yeah but uh great that that's a good year i probably pick it over something like poltergeist honestly now mm -hmm. poltergeist has not aged that well with me I just never have been like the biggest fan of it in general. Like I, I, I know it's a good movie. I'm actually. I think the like the first right like quarter of the movie is really good, and the conclusion is pretty oh. good. But like the middle is kind of just like. I, I think there's some interesting there's some interesting uh, scenes that I love the scene in the pool with like all the skulls and shit. It's like you, know, you remember like that movie was it was like a, it was a PG film, right? Back yeah. in 1982, so it was before the whole PG-13 rating. So I mean in theory i would give it a rated yeah. r but a pg-13 would have been probably the right rating for that film but there's some pretty oh, dark sure. imagery in that film with like all that skulls floating and shit. it's pretty nasty like i always yeah. i always remember that as a kid watching that and being like it was just ingrained in my brain i'm like that's gross I used to we actually out. never did the franchise no no we actually have never done Poltergeist 2 is really underrated that movie's like legitimately really scary yeah I, I actually really like Poltergeist. Actually, Poltergeist 3 is one of my favorite movie posters of all time. I absolutely love that poster. Art, the man. tower. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the way it's shot and like the colors on. Oh, I love that fucking poster, man. I got to get one. All right. So number 18, uh, Black Belly, the Tarantula from 1971. Good film. Did we do that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did that. This one's kind of hard to find. I, had, I have a bootleg of it. Yeah, I've got a I think I've got a couple copies of this movie, actually um number 17 is death walks on high heels next week interesting yeah, enough yeah so yeah that's that's a good film right there um number 16 is seven 
Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye from 1972. I actually rewatched this, I think, last year. Does this have a different title? Uh, who directed this? Uh, who directed this again? We did this. Did we, did we do this one? I don't think so. I can't remember who directed Does it say on here? It actually does not. No, I just don't know this movie. Okay. It's, it's it's a good movie. I like it. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's got really good cinematography in it, man. I like the setting of it, too. It's pretty cool. Uh, number 15 is Stage Fright. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> AKA, AKA Aquarius. Oh, go fucking figure that motherfucker's on Dude. this one. <laughs> if someone was going to argue this one, this one's a giallo, like, I'll accept it. I yeah, won't. I, it's not. It's It has no, like... Uh, like investigation it's just a slasher it is pretty it's pretty much an american slasher man it's it's a dude in an elk fucking costume with a chainsaw like (laughs) it is a great i love fucking stage fright it's good it is i I really i love the score in stage fright too man it's awesome and it's fucking weird too yeah man yeah it is (laughs) oh here we go number 14 a woman a lizard in woman's skin very good one I like this one a lot. I'm definitely going to watch that this month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I fucking love that movie, man. It's great. Great stuff. Uh, number 13 is Tenenbrae. Uh, See, now that's where... that I think that's my favorite Giallo. You know, it's up there, man. Like, Tenenbrae it's, fucking... It would be like, close. It's not my favorite, but it's close to the top. That right? that's I think that's my favorite one ever. So, for it me... Really- it really grew on me, man. I always loved like I always call that like Tenebrae, like the Giallo highlight reel. Like that's I what always, it feels like to me. I always like, used to just think like of, all the best stuff and the stuff that came out the like the first ten years, and they just like kind of stylized it. I mean, like a highlight yeah. reel, like the best of Giallos. Yeah, I think it it's like the all encompassing sort of like how Friday the Thirteenth was for you know slasher films. Mm-hmm. It just completely nailed the formula. This one's bloody. It's got so much blood. It's in very it. violent. This is definitely like one of the most, if not the most violent giallos. Yeah. Like that scene. And I, I think it's Argento's best off. shot too. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was used to like bird. I always used to put bird right up there for like my favorite, but I think Tenenbrae might even be my favorite besides deep red. I, I, I have this thing with deep red, man. I love everything about deep red. I know JP is a little bit indifferent on it, but. I'm actually, I was going to play, hold my hand close to my chest, you know what? also on the deep red train. I think deep red is my favorite giallo. I love uh, it, man. I, think, I love yeah, the score. And I just like I David Hemmings, David Hemmings, man. I, I'm just a big, I like him as an actor and like, he just, in that role, he's really good. And I just like the construction of it, the, but the score, like there's just so many elements to that movie, man, that just work. I just find it tantalizing when I watch it, man. Yeah. I, don't know. I think it just, it's got a little, it's, and I used to be short, like the shortcut always a hundred percent. I thought the, the long cut was always like way too bloated and it didn't add anything. And like, I think now like that's what makes it good. Cause it's just like this, like really like thematically rich, like pulpy, like lots of different flavor, like giallo. I know Dave Z would argue it cause he, he never watches the longer cut, but I always watch the longer cut too, though. That was the one. If that you I watch was... the long the on the Arrow 4K, like if they've cleaned it up so good that you can't even if you watch it all if you just watch the Italian cut, you can't unless you know what scenes they are, mm-hmm. you can't even like see like the reinserted scenes that never had an English dub anymore. Like they are it just all looks the same. Right. Yeah, it's impressive when they can actually connect the dots like that and make it seamless. 
pretty nuts, man. It was kind of like the I, My Bloody I, Valentine, like when they read it. Like, remember that one release yeah, that I, they put out years ago and it had the inserted scene, which was kind of cool because I even kept it because like it's kind of cool to watch that version because it really does showcase the scenes that were cut out and it puts it in perspective how fucking much they cut out of that movie for the theatrical. Like, it's mind blowing. Mm, it's like, actually every- a lot. It's like it, it's like fucking like 15 minutes. It's a, it's a ton of time, but it's like all the kills and everything. And then when you watch the seamless, like the the remastered um, Screen Factory version where all those scenes are put in, but they remaster all that shit to the point where it's like seamless. It's impressive, man. You're like, fuck, that's crazy. It went from like that type of like almost VHS footage to like this where you can't even tell. So if that was the first time you're ever watching it, you wouldn't even know. Right. It's just it's crazy. I think they did a pretty. Yeah, job. I think that. I, I like the idea of being able to see what was cut. The Silent Night, Deadly Night's like that too. Right, right, and I always yeah. like that too about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Was seeing that uh, that footage kind of yeah because I saw on. I saw uh, My Bloody Valentine in the theater a couple years ago, and it was the R rated cut. And I was like, dude, there's like no fucking kills in this movie in that cut, like because I had watched the the uncut version. So yeah, many I don't times. think I've ever seen like the R-rated cut. It's not good, like in turn, well, like it, it, there's so much it. missing from it. I grew up watching the R cut because like renting the video and stuff, and you that's the cut that you got. So like when the uncut version came out, or the first time I saw it, or whatever it was, I was fucking. I I I had to take like ten steps back. I was like, what the fuck. It's like a totally different movie. So I remember having comments on on my videos and stuff and being like, I remember this one guy commenting. He's like, he's like, my bloody Valentine is such a useless slasher film because it has like no gore in it. There's like no kills. And I'm like, dude, you've been watching the fucking cut version your whole life. Then I'm like, you need yeah. to see the uncut version because it literally changes the entire movie. It's so much better. Like, it's crazy. Like it cuts out whole fucking scenes, man. Like there's whole scenes that are cut. And, you know, it's like the kills and shit. I'm like, man, you got to see this shit. And he's like, that yeah, doesn't even exist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, whatever, man, useless. So. <laughs> All right, you fucking shud. I, I just don't argue with people. I'm like, whatever, man, it's out yeah. there. It's not like it's a hidden fucking thing, man. It's it's very it widely, readily available for the public to see. And it's uncut in true form. So whatever, bro. All right. So number 12, The Strange Vice of Miss Ward. Good film. Great fucking movie from 1971. Bill Bill stole the score. We reviewed that last year too. Edwidge Fennick. Yeah, man. It's a great film. That again, I mean Martino's all over this fucking list, man. That's crazy. Uh number eleven is the house with laughing windows. Cool. Ooh. All right, baby. Yeah, that's I'm a good excited one for that one. I've never seen that. It's good. We're excited so, to watch it. I've always heard about heard that as like a top one that, that Yeah, I, I'm, it's cool to see it actually so high on the list here, sir interesting all right so top 10 going back to the man of the hour which is sergio martino and your vice is a locked room and only i have the key from 1970 dukes one yeah. of my favorites i'll take that i'll i'll take that around that area again with oh man dude such a great movie such a great movie yeah that's a hall of famer actually of course it's the the version or the the telling of the black cat story from poe um, that's such a great box set, man. Like the the um, the black cat box set that Arrow put out with Fulci's black cat. Have you guys ever seen? Yeah, that was one of their first uh, U.S. releases. Yeah, like when I first watched Fulci's black cat, I wasn't the hugest fan of that movie years ago, and I've seen it a bunch of times since. I absolutely love that movie, man. It's really well done. It's actually impressive, like what he did with that. It's it's pretty cool. It's you know, I've it's actually still not seen it. Hmm. Yeah. Shit, I've still not seen that one. It's good, man. It's good. It's, yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, it's good. Uh, number nine, which is Don't Torture a Duckling. 
I know that was my number one from 1972. I, w- I would have this higher. I think this is yeah. That's that's top tier shit right there. Yeah. I mean, and I the story behind this movie, one of the best giallos. It it really is, man. It's disturbing. It's it's like it's outing. You know, like Fulci had a lot of fucking balls doing this movie. I mean, if you guys want to check out the review that we did, we we go into more about the history of the film and stuff like that, and like you know what Fulci was touching on, and and the fact that like it was it was pretty groundbreaking for someone to be doing what he was doing back in those days because no one talked about this shit right publicly right. going against the churches and shit and just kind of outing the the hypocrisies of religion and shit and it, it's just such a great film it's fucking it's amazing and it has one of the most beautiful dummy deaths of all time <laughs> <laughs> I love it's, it. it's so good man oh my god that dummy death is great the dummy uh, death no- is like the quickest way to my heart i love dummy death so much oh, dude I, it could be i could be watching the shittiest movie ever made and it, it, it could totally fully redeem itself if it just yeah. has a great dummy death man like like i'm not the biggest fan of terror train i've said this over the years like i'm not a huge yeah. fan of that movie like i find it very i don't it's know kind I just, of a slog and the reveal is a little bit like come on dude i know it, it, i just i've never been a huge fan of terror train like i don't dislike terror train but the yeah. whole movie it, i always end up saying i like terror train because of the dummy death at the end right that's the last thing that you see before the credits roll and it gets me every time it puts a smile on my face i'm like yeah i don't mind i don't mind terror yeah it's only the the dummy death that's the only thing i like about the movie man and i watched it for like 1980 the whole time i thought like i'm just like i'm just watching this movie waiting for this dummy death dude me too like when it hits the when it hits the fucking creek and then it starts like shimmying down like i lose my shit every time The way it's just like the it gets ejected. Oh man, it's, it's so like he got shot out of a cannon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking terror train, man. Yeah, that's that. In my opinion, man, if I was to make like a legit like overrated, what I think are overrated movies, I think that's one that it gets mentioned all the time. It's because Jamie Lee's in it. It's because Jamie Lee Curtis, and it, I, I always make the joke, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's you know, it totally is because of Jamie. Lee. But anyways, yeah, I just feel like it's just it's overrated it truly is shoot me in the face whatever um number eight is blood and black lace 64 mario bava mm-hmm. love it all right Good very one. very colorful kind of what started the whole that color palettes like you know just yeah. utilizing those color palettes and just you know being booyak on the screen is fucking amazing uh okay so number seven which is uh, Bay of Blood, aka Twitch of the Death Nerve, nineteen seventy one. Again, Mario Bava. Um, I mean, good film, but I don't think it's better than like the movies that were just above it. It's interesting. It's very violent, but like this movie plays out like a straight up slasher. Like yeah. straight I just up. Just the Luigi Pastille. He's like so fucking mad the whole movie. Oh. Yeah, I like Bay of Blood, man. I mean, it's one of those. It's like a popcorn flick to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I've always enjoyed it, but it's like. I wouldn't if I was making a best of list, but even on my favorite list, this wouldn't be higher than Blood and Black. This, Lace. this would be like a good like if it was gonna make this list for me, it would be somewhere in the twenties probably. Yeah, it would be down there too. I think we even touched on that too, JP. Like when we reviewed it, like mm-hmm. you know, like it's it, it's always gets talked about like as being this fucking movie. You know, like it's always up there on these lists, and it always gets mentioned in every conversation, whatever you're talking about, Bob or whatever. And it's interesting. Honestly, I like Hatcher for the honeymoon better. 
Okay, number six, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, 1970. What? Oh, there you go, baby. But yeah, again, I wouldn't put it that high. But I, 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 I swear I, to God, you're fucking like on the same website. That's bizarre, man. Hatchet for the Honeymoon is, I have like a love-hate relationship with this movie. Is that three fucking Bavas in a row? That's crazy. Yeah, but Weird. I definitely would have. Yeah, Mario Bavas. His best one is destroying. What's his other one that came out that year? It, like just destroying um this top 10 right now but hatchet for the honeymoon i i've always liked it but i always feel like i want more from it every time i watch hatchet. i liked it I more know. the last time i watched it yeah what, what's the other film that came out the same that same year that he did in 1970 yeah kill baby kill was it kill baby kill 1970 no, or was it no, that was in like 60 Six, oh okay yeah kill baby kill is a fucking great movie man that's a good one i can't that's, remember um anyways top five Number five. Oh, five dollars of August Moon. I like oh, that that's one. A cool movie oh, yeah. too. They get like the, the, the Christie story. The ten little yeah. Angels. I yeah. like that one more than Hatchet for the Honeymoon. I think. You know, you we could do probably a whole month of Italian versions of Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. <laughs> there is so many fucking story. movies, Italian versions of that story. Like, you know what we're doing next year? Right? There's so fucking many of them, dude. It's incredibly outrageous how many of that story has been done in, in Italian cinema. It's crazy. What's that? We're doing the zombie franchise. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yes. Because it's the year 10. Do something different. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've done zombie before, right? Like on the we've done zombie. Yeah. It, but we haven't done three and four and, and five, five which is killing birds, <laughs> which is oddly named killing birds. Right. Yeah. So bizarre. Um, so but yeah, I we could do that. Yeah, fuck, for sure, man, for sure. Um, you know, you know my stance on that zombie franchise, man. I could, I could re like part three is so fucking fun, man. It's incredible, dude. Fun. Part three, I saw part three at the at the drive-in a couple years ago, and it's so fun, dude. It was like the highlight of that whole out of all like nine movies we saw or whatever. It was like the highlight, dude. I used to use the theme from zombie three in like all my videos. People are like, what is that? I'm like, it's zombie three. I actually have the vinyl for the soundtrack, man. I love that fucking score. And people are always like, man, it's not even a faulty film. It's a, it's a, it's a Bruno Matai film. I'm like, no, Bruno Matai has been on record saying that he only shot some of the, the action sequences in that film. He said that's like 80% fucking faulty's movie. He's, he stepped in while he was sick and stuff. Right and shot some of those sequences but he's like no that's a that's a fucking vulgy film so and that's on record uh number four which is mentioned earlier uh the girl who knew too much also known as the evil eye i believe kino actually put it out as the evil eye a few years yeah, back they did. and then arrow put out the blu-ray of uh, the girl who knew too much under that title and stuff so but yeah re really good film really good film cinematography in that movie it's black and white it's great really good stuff uh number three interesting tear at the opera aka opera argento from i mean seven that's pretty high one of my favorites ever so <laughs> it literally drives me fucking nuts because you guys know how i have like an eye phobia too and it's it, like it's ironic right because like i fault he's my favorite director and he's got this thing where he mutilates eyes all the fucking time in his movies <laughs> and then this movie man i remember watching this for the first time probably back in the 90s and i was so terrified of the fucking eye shit in this movie i was like i i couldn't even watch it dude you know like i felt like a little girl with a skin knee and shit i was like oh fucking like i couldn't handle it dude <laughs> like just having those things propped up against your like it was giving me nightmares dude i, I couldn't i can't handle that shit man 
I truly have an eye phobia along with feet phobia. 100%. 100%. Oh, for fuck's sakes. You gotta be shitting a brother. Number two. The church. <laughs> close. <laughs> it's it's actually close considering the, not in proximity of films, but conversation-wise, Suspiria, 1970. Oh, come Are on. Are you fucking Dude, what? Are, it's like, not a fucking giallo. It's not even fucking close close to a gym. Dude, I've heard people say this bullshit. The detective is you. Shut the fuck up. Come on. Dude, come on, bro. You're the detective in Suspiria. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, re I'm reading the fucking... I haven't read any of the, the write-ups on here, but I just started kind of reading this one. It says, The king of Italian horror, Dario Argento, directs what many consider to be his masterpiece. Suspiria is one of the most important and influential genre films movies ever made an essential viewing for all horror fans. Argento's first major non-Giallo directing job doesn't stray too far from the style he established in previous films like <laughs> Deep Red, but Suspiria's overall article. charm resists in his, in his technical triumphs and visual style and not much in its story or surprise twist. Um, what the f Really? It just says non-Giallo directing job. Number two on the 27 work. best Giallo list. And when when was this says, article written? Oh my god. That, okay. Okay, I'll do number one and I'll find one. This is AI. Is deep red. It, number one is deep red, yeah. yeah obviously. From <laughs> Argento. But now that is just so convoluted, man. Like that is so contradictory. How can you have Suspiria at number two on a 27 best Giallo list and literally have it written in there non-Giallo directing job? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Didn't even check his work. That is mind blowing. That is mind blowing. Um There's definitely a few snubs. That's an AI written article, man. Uh, <laughs> that, that's like the new saying, right? I've, I've heard so many people say that recently. Like, man, AI wrote Because it's shit. true. That's what they're using. A lot of these places are doing that, dude. It's crazy. That's yeah. scary. But there's some stuff missing, obviously. I mean, you put four flies on there, but not bird with the crystal plumage or oh, that's, yeah, cat that's of nine tails. Um. What's yeah, stuck out? I didn't even notice that one, but yeah, bird, no bird is that's a that's an oversight. Um, they had trauma what, on there too. What the what, fuck was bird not yeah, on there? What the, no bird, bird was, was not on there. How is bird with Chris plumage not on like that's but one of the trauma is no bird with Chris plumage is number five. Oh, oh okay, it? we missed, I that. missed okay. that, that. I was like, I thought I just said that. Like, what the fuck? You guys had me tripping out there for a second. Yeah, so pretty much um, all of like. Argento's films made yeah so which is fine but like I also like some of the stuff they picked in like the later half I don't know I think when the two that first stick out to me are what have you done to Solange not being yeah there. right mm -hmm. that is and a great one this one might be my personal preference but I'm really high on the Red Queen kill seven times I like that one too yeah yeah that that's a, that's a great movie man I always like the story about that shit too I was like search around on the internet and I'm like trying to find this movie. And I found like this German DVD of it. And I'm like, Oh, finally found this, you know, th this movie I've been looking for forever and shit like that. It was the fucking next day. Arrow announces mm. the fucking Blu-ray. I'm <laughs> like, what the f seriously? So I got this fucking thing in. And then like a few weeks later, I end up getting this. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me, man. It's so stupid. Dude. So that's like, I remember, I remember me, you and Jeremy used to, um, like do the, um, you know, like Skype, skype nights or whatever where we just hang out and talk yep. before the podcast was yep. a thing and i remember you guys were looking at like a dvd copy from like germany of like society or something and i was like 
I was like, dude, it'll probably just get released. And Jeremy's like, they're never going to release that movie. Like it's that nobody's going to put that out. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I feel like everything gets released except for, for clown house. And then like literally like a couple months later, arrow announces society as yeah. their like first U S title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that really interesting packaging too. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, nowadays, I mean, back in those days when we, I didn't really consider the, the golden age of collecting, but nowadays, we're like in the midst of a golden age because we're getting oh yeah dude fucking i mean we're everything. like over stuff now it's the so only crazy. people that were putting out stuff consistently back then was arrow and scream factory like vinegar yep. syndrome wasn't even a thing severin wasn't even really doing much like their their lineup was you still super. had synapse who like always just like had yeah like but at that time small, synapse yeah. and blue underground had fallen off significantly yeah they, they were, were there for like the anchor bay era releases. yeah but th- at least we still had a lot of those films for through the anchor bay slash kind of blue underground and stuff like that like there was still a really good catalog of films through yeah, that we're but, so spoiled now like literally fucking but everything. even people seem to forget about shriek show like shriek show put out so much good goodness italian films and shit like that and like they they had a really good catalog they were kind of like the cheaper version of like code red you know code red would put out all that shit too and then but shriek show put out a ton of shit like they were i think the first edition that i ever had of like zombie was like a shriek show edition and stuff like that and, and shit like that so oh no it was probably anchor bay yeah i don't know but anyway shriek show put out a lot of good stuff i remember when they dropped flesh hunt or flesh eater and i was like yeah that fucking movie's amazing now we got like a fucking like who would ever thought that we get a 4k of flesh eater like really it, it just blows my fucking mind man so but anyways that is the top 27 best giallo films which i would say there was at least 25 in giallo films in there there's a couple that definitely were not giallos but yeah. uh, I, I feel sure. vindicated that there's literally an article on the suspiria entry that said this isn't a giallo okay so i just found the date on it, it says by ricky d not the mc slick rick mc ricky d um on october 11th 2021 so this thing's only like two years old fucking idiot (laughs) you know what i'll put in there now that is so goddamn funny dude we're sitting here hard on stage i think not i think knife plus heart deserves to be on the list it's a good movie it's a good movie yep yeah it's a good one man I liked it. I showed that to my girlfriend and it made her cry. And for some reason we thought it was a good idea to like show that to like two more people, like completely like people that just never watch <laughs> movies like that. We're like, we really love this movie, but we just make them watch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, I think, I think that that actually made my top 10. Was it last year? That was like 2019 or 20 what or whenever it was available for our list because yeah. i know it came out and then they, it got like its wide release it got its wide release. it was the same year as the lighthouse because it was my number one from that year and if i were to redo that list it would, it would not be my number one but it was dude, i think that was there. 19. <laughs> dude, oh, it was it, it was, it was definitely, the lighthouse well the lighthouse was my favorite but night plus yeah. that was on my top 10 but yeah lighthouse was i don't even think it was a question that year for me the lighthouse, the lighthouse so would good. be my number one now no question yeah that movie's amazing Good shit. Mm, I don't remember what mine was. Golden Glove. Oh, is that yeah, the, I the think Golden it was. Glove? I still need. I still don't have Glove. a copy of that. And we need a fucking release of that shit, man. There is a release. It's um. It's the company that put out the. It's like Strand. That's who it is. The company that just put out Doom Generation. Is it? Oh, it's, put the, a it's, a, it out. it's a region one one. I believe so. 
Cause I yeah, it it's was like a- strand releasing or something. They do like a lot of like kind of like real like cultish films like that, Uncle Boon Me, shit like that. Hmm. Interesting. Me, I just yeah gave up looking for it or something like that. They're like they I don't th- like really have sales and like they don't put out a ton of stuff. So they're, and they're not like flashy looking at all either. So it's kind of a label that like gets like under the radar. Oh, this is like what the fuck? It's got like a crazy weird slipcover to it. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I haven't like. Have you seen? It's like it's like a black and white slipcover on it. Of I haven't him, seen like, it. I remember just one day, like I was like, "Oh, who's this? like when they announced Doom Generation?" I think I like said something like, "Oh, like I kind of wish it was a different label." And somebody got mad at me, and I like looked at their catalog, and I noticed Golden Gloves was on it. Huh. Oh, this one says Region Two. That's what that's what oh. I'm saying on oh. this one. Maybe they're not based out of here. I know, like the Doom Generation. Yeah, I'm not sure. Region One. It says. Subtitles French. What the fuck? Oh, they have like all the Gregor Rocky movies. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen this version of it. It's crazy. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, Golden Glove. Yeah, that's a, that's a greasy fucking movie, man. <laughs> yeah, it did. Super greasy, man. I loved it. Big it was fan. good. Yeah, that that was one of those shocking. It was almost like a fucking landmine goes click moment too. I was like, really? <laughs> like I kind of figured you liked the movie, but I like to put it as your favorite. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, wow. it was a little. Guys, it was a little shocking, to be honest. I didn't know they. These guys put out Mysterious Skin on Blu-ray too. I got to pick that up. Oh man, Mysterious Skin, man, that is one fucking wild movie, man. I I remember renting that when it first came out and just being like, "What the fuck, man?" That movie's so dark. That it was. Is... Probably, I think that's my favorite movie I've seen for the first time this year. Because I used to go to the movie store and I always used to rent like all the kind of like the foreign or import like the indie section they had like an indie section and then they had like a foreign section and then they had like you know some of the staff picks and stuff and there was this one dude that worked in this rogers or whatever that i used to go to all the time and he had really good taste in movies and he actually had mysterious skin in his uh like weekly pick and he's like yeah you got to check this out it's pretty fucking wild yeah that's that's such a sick recommendation i I was like like, if somebody gave me that recommendation be like give me another movie that was awesome yeah dude and well like i said this guy always had good picks like he always he actually was a film fan right like he he knew what the fuck he was talking about like i remember i think he actually had uh inland empire as one of his picks and i actually was going to the video store to rent that one time yeah i wanted to see that it was like right when it first came out and uh and he's like, yeah, you got you. I was like, yeah, I love Lynch and shit. He's like, yeah, you got this movie. It's like totally bizarre. And I'm like, well, I've owned that on movie. Blu-ray for like seven months and I still haven't watched it. I just like, picked up the criterion of it actually. Um, just recently, a few months back, I haven't watched the, yeah, uh, I got it. Like, I think the first sale this year in like March or something, but yeah, I haven't watched it. It's just like when I go to like, when you have time for a three hour movie, there's just yeah. so many three hour movies I want to watch that it's just always in hard competition. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's totally bizarre the movie's three hours, but it actually makes sense when you when you know the the history of how he made that. Like like Laura Dern and they would show up to the fucking set and he'd be like writing the scenes and the dialogue. He was writing the film as they were filming it. Like he's a fucking madman. I love like, David Lynch. Yeah, and it and it shows when you watch it because that movie is so fucking bizarre. And it literally has one of the scariest moments I've ever seen in a film. Like it made me jump like through the fucking roof. And I was like, Damn. I see it listed as a horror movie all the time. It is. I can see it though, because it's, it's, it's so dark and it's so dreary and it's so exhausting and it's bizarre. And like, there's like a million adjectives you could use to describe how it's just, it's like, it, it's like a fucking messy nightmare. 
right? <laughs> but you keep thinking about it because like you can't make any fucking sense of it. But the imagery is so it's like almost jaw dropping at times. You're just like, what the fuck? Like what the <laughs> It's it's David Lynch at his finest, man, for bizarreness. I love Lynch so much. He's so good. Yeah, he's got an interesting mind, that guy. So, but yeah, could you imagine showing up and like, I mean, and it, but you know, it's kind of brilliant though too because if you want this awkwardness out of your out of your actors to perform these scenes that you're writing, write their scenes and not like I mean, most actors, you know, they have a script and they practice their lines and and they go in knowing what they're going to do with these scenes and shit like that. But when you don't have a script and you're just going off what they're writing that day, like that's pretty brilliant of Lynch to get that kind of awkwardness out of your yeah, like, oh yeah actors for sure. shit, right? Because like how you, there's no prep, there's no prep involved. I mean, if you're a method actor or someone that needs that, like you would never want to be on a David Lynch set because like you never know what the fuck's coming, <laughs> right? so bizarre all right um anyways yeah so that's the uh the top 27 giallos and uh probably the intro do you guys want to get into yeah. these movies sure all right thing, so, sure thing. all right so that'll that's gonna do it for the intro we'll be back here with some luigi bezzoni films starting with the possessed from 1965 here in a second yeah And now, our feature presentation. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 243, week one of Italian Horror Month, Luigi Banzoni, director Spotlight. Again, starting with 1965's The Possessed. Yeah. All right, quick little synopsis. While visiting his favorite resort town, during the off-season, a novelist investigates the apparent suicide of a woman he was once infatuated with. Um, Yeah, that's pretty bang on, I guess, for the synopsis on the film. Um, So, like I mentioned earlier, The Possess is actually one of the earlier examples of, like, a giallo. You know, this one came out just after... I, th I think I read somewhere that it came out just a few months after Blood and Black Lace and stuff, and that one kind of set the bar for what we know is like, you know, what the Giallo became and stuff like that. This movie right here is definitely an earlier version, but it, it, it kind of combines like multiple genres together. I wouldn't say art house films is a genre per se. I guess it kind of is, I guess. But this one does feel like an art house film mixed with uh, film noir. Not just because it's sh like fully shot in black and white and stuff like that. It just has that film noir kind of um, atmosphere and feel to the film and stuff. And it's got like, you know, it's got a little bit of voiceover. Like he he, he kind of narrates the film a little bit. You get to hear his thoughts out loud and stuff like that. Very film noirish and stuff. Um, but it, it, it's got a it's got a pretty interesting construction to the film because our lead character who is, yeah, like he's a novelist and he's actually there to, you know, get some, you know, R&R &R and stuff like that. But he is in the midst of writing another uh peace and stuff like that and uh yeah so he basically kind of gets permission <laughs> in a sense to like to to hook up to like you know find this girl and stuff like that because i guess he's i guess per se he's going through because he's talking to his wife in the beginning of the film right on the phone and she's saying like yeah you need to go find you need to go see her and stuff like that it's it's kind of a weird thing so i'm assuming yeah. like his relationship is on the outskirts with his wife and stuff like that so that's kind of over whatever but it's just a weird scene that you get to see him talking on the phone to his wife and she's like yeah you need to go find her and stuff like that but then he soon learns that 
um, this girl that he was infatuated with um, is actually dead. And some say that, you know, that she committed suicide, uh, the people in the town and others say that she was murdered, but she was obviously murdered because she was found with her throat slit from ear to ear and stuff like that. So basically the film is him trying to figure out what exactly happened to her because like the townspeople are so awkward. They're not really talking. They feel like they're hide. Like you get the sense that they're hiding something the entire time. And it, it just feels like a big con- kind of conspiracy. Everything is being kibosh and stuff like that. Um, but the construction of the film is really interesting because our main character, like we see the, the vantage point of the film, like we see through his eyes and it makes you question exactly if this is what's really going on in the film, because it's almost like a film inside a film because throughout the film, he has these like nightmares and these kind of daydreams and hallucinations of like what happened to this girl and stuff like that. He's like having these nightmares, like literally dreaming them and stuff like that. So we're getting like that narrative filter throughout the film at the same time. So it kind of plays out like a film inside a film, but the whole movie being shot in black and white, I feel like it just works so well for this type of narrative. I feel like if it was shot in color, it wouldn't have worked as well. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I feel like the black and white cinematography just adds to this like nightmare. This one definitely evokes a different feeling from being in black and white. Yeah, because I I agree with that as well. I feel like it was done properly because like of his nightmares and his hallucinations of being shot in black and white, it just adds this whole nightmare logic and fuel to the film. I think it's done so beautifully. I really like that aspect, but um, yeah. So yeah, the whole movie has this dreary nightmare aspect to it. This atmosphere that just like, you, you never fully know if what we're seeing in the film is really going on because we're seeing it just through this character's eyes because of these flashbacks and stuff. We're not a hundred percent sure. I like that forebodingness of the whole film and um, it like kind of what to where it goes and stuff like that. Like how, you know, like the characters and it, it, it just, it's, it's like a complicated nightmare feel to it. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the film? Uh, I liked it a lot overall with Pizzoni. I was, I'm very impressed with Luigi Pizzoni overall. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think you can see like a really strong arc in his filmmaking growth in all three of these films. Um, he, he has a lot of like influences that he blends together where all these films kind of have like the same underlying themes, but they're like, they're all very different. Um, he likes to really play with like the, with reality. He likes to kind of be an unreliable narrator, but I like almost presenting a puzzle to you. Um, he likes to like, kind of like frame the movie where your main character is like experiencing some form of self-discovery. And it's just really interesting. It's really atmospheric. Um, all three of these films really felt like you could draw a lot of parallels to something like Vertigo, where it was just like this, right. like almost like like Odyssey. It's almost as Odyssey the character always had to go through, where they had to like piece together something and like recall things. Yeah, it's just it's and it's just so dreamlike. It's they were all just very very good movies, and I was really impressed with with the like the different vibe we got for this one. I almost even felt like there was some influence from like something more almost like Bergmanian, like um, mm-hmm, there's like right. something it's, like uh, Hour of the Wolf, where he's like right. there's a lot of just like quiet like recalling and thinking to like this ultimate like terrible discovery that he has later on in the movie, where he has to admit something to himself to figure everything out, like. I was really impressed with this movie actually. Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the whole vibe of it. You know, you have the, the hotel, which is, you know, gives it a certain atmosphere in the lake. Um, 
any film that is has like a hotel scene is always like I fucks with because obviously that's been what I've been doing for the last like 10 years. I feel like there's um, so many of these giallos that, that have this type of setting where, you know, a character goes to like a small little uh, lakeside, you know, mm-hmm. town and, you know, it, it goes in, you know, like an older hotel and shit like that. But these kind of seaside shore lake towns and stuff. I love these settings, man, because I love the small town setting versus mm-hmm. like a big city type of thing. It always gives it that better it, it works perfect for if you're trying to develop like a nightmare atmosphere to it. Yeah. It's just, it works so great in that setting, but yeah, this felt really felt like nightmare Hitchcock to me. That's why I think I keep like gravity. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got a Hitchcockian vibe I, from it. I love that, but you, you were bang on with, you know, our, our main character here. And it, like the narrative is kind of, he's kind of like an unreliable, um, like teller of the narrative because of like his visions and stuff like you're not sure exactly because this is his idea of what's going on too right like that's what that we're being portrayed as 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 the watcher and i really like that idea of of because it, as the viewer you're constantly questioning what's going on in the reality but these dreams like is this actually what's happening and stuff like that like i love that contrast and they and, show you like things as they're happening like in different timelines but they don't yeah. tell you that it's like a puzzle it's really neat yeah no yeah. It, it's really good like i like the whole memory recall thing but it's not even that it's like it's almost like he's having these visions because there's no plausible way that he could actually know or see this shit for real right right so that's why you question it so it, it's kind of a cool premise and, it, and it's really cool to throw that into the narrative not just have your straight up like oh what happened to this girl like i need to find out by investigating and stuff like that but you see this whole different vision and world within his nightmares and, and dreamscapes and hallucinations and stuff it's, it's really interesting it's really really interesting like I, i'm really surprised that this movie doesn't get mentioned a lot more and i have mentioned this before because i think i put it on a list one time and i was like man this is such a unique film and i've always really liked this well, not always i've only seen this movie a couple times now mm-hmm. in the last few years or whatever but i i think this one really kind of stands out to me and the first time i watched it I was kind of taken back by it i was like holy shit, i wasn't really expecting you know what i saw but I love the fact that he used like that whole, you mentioned Bergman and I'm like, that's bang on again, right there. That's totally legit right there. And um, like the whole film noir shit. Cause I love film noir like mm-hmm. a lot. So me too. using those aspects in a, in a type of giallo and uh, just works so well for me, man. I love that shit. Really good blend. Yeah, um, I'm surprised this guy's just not mentioned more often. I, I've heard this film mentioned before, like very sparsely. He hasn't but really done. It. This is he hasn't really think, done much more than. The, I think that's three, his right? downfall because, like, I was really interested. Like, wow, what else has this guy made? And I looked up his filmography, and he's made like two more movies. I know it's weird, right? Yeah, it's, it's so just, strange. Like how you can yeah. have these three type of films in your filmography and not really do much after like and you can like you can see the growth in all these movies and like for this to be your first movie where you're working with like such a limited price like there's like this movie must have been so cheap to make all they needed was like the hotel the cinematography and all this move all these movies is so good yeah the scores are all good like they all have like their own like unique stamp on it right so what did you guys i mean the, the again talking about giallos and stuff and I, I really don't want to give too much away from especially this film because i feel like this one hasn't been seen overly that much i really don't want to ruin it for people um but i feel like this movie and, and you know going back to the title like well not going back to it i was thinking about this earlier but i feel like this movie might not have been as seen as much because of the title like the possessed i agree the title's awful 
it's it's very misleading. What the fuck does it even mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like I don't like that's what I was trying to like. I mean, possessed. Maybe he's possessed by like infatuation or something. Yeah, I you think know it's I mean? supposed to be maybe like it should almost be almost like a obsessed. pejorative to the characters. <laughs> I know. I like. I don't understand the title. Like, it's so. It's so. If misleading. it was called The Obsessed, I would be like, okay. <laughs> I mean, there is a movie called Obsession, but I mean, yeah. this was before they were just naming these like random movies. Like, if but, like, this, the like, possess- made, like there's also a movie called Possession. <laughs> yeah, but The Possessed yeah. sounds like it's it's going to be a totally different movie. Like, you would never yeah. associate a Giallo. And I would be much with- less interested in watching a movie called The Possessed that That's I thought what I'm was saying. actually going to be. <laughs> I'm saying, and I I won't. And just put it this way: like when Arrow announces, like I had no idea what the fuck it was, and you know, like when the sales roll around, like I always like when there's movies that get announced and shit. I'm like, okay, well, I'll pick that one up on release day, but uh, like the other six or whatever, I'll just wait for sale days. Like that's why I always wait for the Arrow sales. This was totally like a sale thing. Like when this one goes down to like eight pounds or whatever, I'll grab it. I don't really know what it. I know it's Italian. I'll check it out. But I'm not really interested in seeing a, a possession movie from 1965. That was like my mentality with this film. And then looking into it, I'm like, oh, this is like supposed to be Giallo and shit like that. And then I watched it. I was like, what the fuck is with the title? Yeah. I'm like, I feel like no one's checking this movie out because the title is so misleading. It doesn't even make a lick of sense to me. I can't figure it out. So, but yeah, titles can be very important, right? Because as much yeah. as you don't want to be judging films just by like artwork and titles and shit, we're all victims of it. We fucking do it. It just we, sounds like we, such a generic, like it's just generic, uninteresting title. Well, like modern films, like if, if there's a movie called The Possession of Fucking Sally Jane, I'm not watching it, bro. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> simply not fucking. Remember, I made that joke about That's like a, there's a there's a movie called The Possession of Insert Someone's Name, right? Yeah, I'm just not watching that shit, bro. Like I'm not doing it. So be careful what you name your shit and stop naming your shit. Dark harvest. Fucking. Oh, I, I think watch I, another I, dark harvest. I'm dark harvested out. Oh, I think so the stupid. most interesting thing about this movie to me is like, for me, I expected it to go like sort of one way where like more of like a standard, like, okay, this guy moves into this hotel for 30 days or whatever, 20 or 30 days. And he remembers this chick that used to be there and you know that's kind of why he wanted to go back and then he basically solves her murder but that's not what it is at all you know what i mean it's like it's like you start to see his uh, obsession with the idea of of this woman and 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 the brief interaction if any at all that that he had with her uh, you know, the unreliable narrator type thing that, well, that's, that happens with him. That, and then that, that's also, a good point. That's a really good point because he clearly says that like, you know, they, they didn't really have like a physical relationship. They didn't really know each other that well. And that's what makes it even more interesting that he's like almost obsessed with her. Oh, he's and completely, but he's not obsessed with just her, like, like who she is. He's actually obsessed with the idea of her, right? right. Not actually her because he has this grandiose idea of like who she is. And then as the film goes you know unfolds you find out that she's nothing like how he probably interpreted her right um you know she's a bit of a slut and you know it's 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 very it's actually very interesting like character study of this guy who is weirdly obsessed with this girl who like who was pregnant she was pregnant when she got killed too right and that kind of and that plays into the narrative too like she was fucking obviously a bunch of people and shit yeah like where this one goes like are you guys happy with the reveal in this film or what do you think, I think of it? that was the worst part to me but it wasn't like something that like ruined the movie and it I was mean, it like has to it go so- i mean at yeah. least at least they give you something but 
I'm kind of like, um, okay. But like, I mean, it, it, I mean, we've had this conversation before too, JP. It's like, you know, it's like the whole Friday the 13th thing. Like the killer could have been fucking anybody. Right. And you get this reveal in this film. And I like, sometimes I feel like, you know, when we're not really introduced to a character and then they're thrown in the mix into this shit, it's like, it it just seems it, it, it always feels like it comes out of left field to me. It feels like it's kind of, it feels a little messy to me. It feels a little bit messy. I know they have to come up with something and stuff like that. And this one actually kind of has a contrast to like even the fifth chord, like the way the reveal is kind of thing. But um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's it's a little bit weak in itself. Like the whole movie is so good. And then you find out like exactly what's going on. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is like a movie where I, it's I can interesting. forgive it a little bit more because even though the ending was kind of like, all right. And like kind of weak. Like, I can kind of forgive it a little more because I think, like, I just felt like the movie was more of, like, a meditative, dis- like, piece on, like, self-discovery. And then, like, it kind of, like, meant something at the end when, like, it's ultimately, like, everything was still a mystery. And he has to go back to his old wife now and, like, write, write some book. And he never, he still never really knows. And, like, I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, just trying to, like... Um, like almost like drag that feeling out of you of just mm-hmm. like a little bit of dread and like loneliness, right? Yeah, pretty GP, interesting what, movie what, though. What did you think? Would you like? What do you think of the end or the the reveal? Uh, about the same. Um, I I I think that the, the what I took from it was more like it was less about like what actually happened and more about like the dude's journey to figuring out yeah not even what happened but just just learning like it's more the audience's journey to learning about this dude and like his sort of process of right you know being involved with it it's so weird because he's there's really nothing there there's no real reason that he's obsessed with her other than he saw her and kind of stalked her actually yeah and it, it it makes him seem like an like crazy <laughs> like and, and weird you know mm-hmm. i mean i feel like at least i've definitely came across some people like this in my life like you ever cross came across like a guy that's usually not great with like usually not great socially with women yeah and, this like, is, he's the type that, of guy that goes to a strip club and thinks that the girl really likes. yeah him. and like the kind of right. guy that like <laughs> they invent a version of a girl they like in their head that's nothing actually like them yeah, a hundred percent. Like, like, dude, I literally knew a dude in high school who we went to a strip club or actually didn't go, but I remember my friends tell me that like the dude, like literally like thought this girl was like into him. She's like, no, you like, you, like seriously, dude. And he was like dead serious. And it's like, bro, you are fucking nuts, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough for some people to like, just like. Yeah to draw that reality and there are people that just get so caught up in things especially now i think with like how prominent online dating is where people just like invent yeah. versions of people in their own head that are just their perfect version of someone right and like and just like run with that like this is who that person is and like that's something like this guy kind of did in this movie and that's why like all these reveals when he like learns stuff about her is like so like so much more impactful yeah there was like a i watched this k i watch a lot of like true crime like uh, interrogation videos and shit on youtube mm-hmm. and there was this dude who was like obsessed with a wwe like wrestler like female wrestler and 
he like broke into her house and stuff like that. And the entire interview is like him saying like, you know, like, like the cop reading like messages that he sent to her, like on Instagram that she never even seen. That's like, you know, like, like if you like, cause she was a lesbian and he's all, if you, you know, got with me you would be straight and stuff what? like all this stuff and like it like the dude was completely obsessed with her and she never even knew he existed yet he in his own head thought that they had this like like relationship that he was like for like it was just bizarre as hell that people are, are like this and that was even like another one that i saw where uh, well, the, even the, the the police say like, "Have you had any like serious relationships?" And he's like, "Well, I have, but like most of them, uh, the it turned out that all the girl girl wanted was like my money. It was just like online people that he was dating. <laughs> it's just wow. like there are some sad motherfuckers it, out it's there. It's just man. it's fucking it's scary though, man, because there's this certain people in the world that kind of live in their own reality." Right. That's exact. That's a great example of someone that there's just lives a lot in their own of world. People. There's different groups of people I know. Like, like they're so like disconnected with reality. It's like, yeah, it's a great example of someone who's just so disconnected with reality and, and what it really yeah. stands for and shit that you're living in your own world and you're making shit up. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's fucking scary. Like, that's how people do crazy fucking things too. Right. When you live in this little fucking world and man, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely know some people in pockets of the internet where they have little pools of like their own reality. It's it's like it's kind of alarming. Yeah. yeah, there was this one dude who another case where he was dating this. Well, in his head, he was dating. It was just such a loser guy, but he was dating this like Romanian OnlyFans model or something like that, and he literally gave her like twenty thousand dollars of his own like money and then like literally like stole like another twenty thousand from his parents oh my to god give to her and stuff and he was so obsessed with her and then like his parents basically like sent him to like a like a uh mental <laughs> thing to like repair him or something and then he murdered them both like his mom holy and shit and like then the first thing he did after he murdered him was he went to like a walmart parking lot and like sent her money for like a live chat and to like talk to her and stuff it just fucking nuts dude, dude obsession like, is like <laughs> is, a, is a total man it's a, it's a real sickness man it's crazy it's fucking yeah. scary man it's fucking scary but I almost feel bad, like for our main character here, like Bernard, like when he starts to find out that like, she's not like who he pictured her as, or mm-hmm. maybe how he wanted her to be in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, like he, again, you know, he's living in his own little world and he's kind of picturing, oh, she's like the perfect girl. Like she's not doing this shit, but in reality, she was kind of a fucking slut. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him in a sense because it's like, dude, like you know, she could have been that, but she wasn't, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just... weird to me, man. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she just turns out to be, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I I'm glad that it, it went that way though, too, because it adds a little bit more flavor to the film too. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't this perfect little diva and you know, the girl next door and shit like that. And it's what makes the film interesting. It's spirals. It's, it's spirals. And I I like, I like a lot of the side characters in this film. Like the cast isn't like very recognizable, but I think everyone does a really good job at like kind of selling their roles and, and keeping this whole kind of like noir feel and this mystery and, 
like almost like a like a like almost like a cover-up throughout the whole film and stuff like that like people don't really want to talk about it but that's but that's very typical kind of small town mentality too it's like you know you fart in a small town everyone fucking knows about it two minutes later kind of thing right so i mean you start getting people yeah. pregnant and, and and all that type of shit like you don't want that shit out so no i mean it makes a lot more sense not to reveal your cards and shit like that so if you don't want the whole world known in five minutes but but uh yeah th- th- this movie i think is really great um i'm a little bit like i said indifferent on the ending but it doesn't really overall hurt the film it's so beautiful the cinematography is so beautiful in this film the setting's great the music's really good too it's very fitting for it but the editing and like the way it's shot it's the the dark scenes are shot so perfect in this film like there's a scene where uh, he's inside uh, i think one of the hotel rooms they turn the light off and it's the way it's lit it's so perfect i don't know if it's just a transfer on the blu-ray or whatever but man some of those uh darker scenes are shot and, and like you know older black and white films like darker scenes can be harder to see kind of thing yeah um not in this one man they're, they're lit perfectly like really really good job you know for what i would probably consider to be a lower budget film i mean it's there's no real big effects in this film is it's not a big no, i felt like this guy really had a limited budget and did a lot with what he had yeah that is a great example of a small budget with a big result you know and uh but i think so you you, know, you watched the uh the blu-ray of this yeah i watched the blu-ray of it also i watched it on <laughs> this was weird uh i was like looking for the watch online because i didn't own it and uh i i went to this like subscription service called midnight pulp have you, have you heard of this no I'm not me neither man <laughs> but it the funny thing about it, it it has like the exact same app layout as Screenbox. like it, it feels uh, like it's like a, just the second screen box yeah like that's what it feels like like i wouldn't be surprised if it was like owned by the same person because it's like it's like hmm. the exact same uh, app layout but it's one of those it's it's a paid subscription but also they have like titles on there that you can watch with ads which that's how i watched it it was available with ads um it was in italian the other two movies i watched were in english mm. so, this okay. one i changed i think well this one I was actually shot in english quick. like the, the main character is actually speaking english like if you watch his mouth and shit like it's i just were, picked english version well, apparently from what i was reading online some of the uh dialogue changes with the all like the, the, the different versions and, yeah, and yeah stuff like that the way it's the translated Italian versus english yeah yeah i kind of i kind of saw that too and i was like oh that's interesting but i mean i've i've seen that in other films too where it doesn't translate the translation on the italian was so different than the english translation i'm like okay <laughs> it's like that in a lot of hong kong movies because like it's totally. kind of almost like it's almost like part of the like the flavor for me though to watch like the english dubs of like these like 70 shot brother movies i was watching ah fuck, i can't remember what movie it was it was like a hong kong film not too long ago and i was watching it it was it was actually in english i think it was dubbed i think it was the only way you could watch it but i was watching with the subtitles on and this the translation on the subtitles was like nowhere near what they yeah, were saying they never match like they it was so funny say the same thing but they're not even close dude i was laughing out loud i'm like what the fuck i'm like if you were just watching this <laughs> the, the reading the subtitles you're like it's like a different movie man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so funny to me it's crazy but uh um yeah i don't really know what else to say about obsessed without 
just revealing the whole damn film but i i give it a, a really high recommendation it's a really good film um definitely need to check it out so uh do some ratings uh Saucedo, when you go what do you i'm feeling about? generous this is a good movie the ending's a little bit of a flub but i don't think it really like ruins anything and it no. still has a good point to it it's really atmospheric really good really impressive first effort i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten wow uh jp uh i'm at the same rating with uh tyler there i gave it an eight out of ten well, I'm going to come in at a nine on this one because I, that's what I rated it before and I'm going to stick to it. I think it's, it's just a, it's a great film. It's just really good overall, but yeah. So the possessed from 1965. All right. So moving along into the second film from 1971, we have the fifth chord starring the one and only Franco Nero um, and the beautiful Silvia Monti, man. Oh, there's something about her, man. I've seen her in a couple. I think she's in, um, she's in a woman in lizards, a lizard and woman's. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. She's the girl that plays opposite of Florinda Balkan. Right. Florinda Balkan. And uh, we'll be talking about her too. Yeah. She was also oh, in that film. I can't wait to talk about her. Um, but yeah, dude, there's Sylvia Monti. She's so beautiful, man. There's something about her eyes, man. As soon as I was, I was like, oh shit, I forgot that she was in this fucking movie, man. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Um, quick little synopsis here. A maverick, a maverick, heavy drinking journalist pursues a killer who is targeting acquaintances of his prompting the police to brand him as a suspect in their investigation. So yeah, that's pretty bang on. Uh, Franco Nero plays a investigative journalist who has an obvious drinking problem. And I will say, man, he plays a drunk really well. <laughs> There's something about <laughs> Nero when he plays a drunk. Like he's, I think he's done this in other films too, where he plays kind of a heavy drinker or whatever, but he sells it well. Like I, I swear he was method acting and he was actually shit faced in this, but I could be wrong too. But, but uh, yeah, the fifth chord, was this a first time watch for you guys? Yep. Uh, this was a second time watch. Okay. I didn't remember basically anything about it. It was probably around four years ago when I first watched it, but I remember I liked it a lot. Man, I was fucking, I, I realized I don't think I'd watch my Blu-ray because I, I have the Arrow Blu-ray. And I think the last time I watched the fifth chord was on the fucking Blue Underground DVD that I got like 10 years ago. Oh, so wow. I'm watching this movie going, I can't remember where this goes. So when the reveal happened in this film, I was like, oh shit. Now I, I completely didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Both like, I this completely and the for possessed I've seen before and yeah. like they were both like new movies. Yeah. I remember the possessed a lot more than this. It'd been a long time since I'd watched the fifth chord. I just realized like I hadn't even had, I didn't have it logged and I've been on letterbox since 2018. So I hadn't watched them like at least last five years. So I'm thinking yeah. probably when I grabbed the blue underground DVD, like fucking 10 years ago kind of thing. So yeah, I've been a bit, but uh, yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on the JP? What's your thoughts on the fifth chord? First time watch. Oh man, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, first of all, I think that the the camera work is fucking great in this movie. There's some really good shots. Uh, even you know, right at the beginning with the in the tunnel, um, oh. and then uh, the uh, there's a shot uh, under the the, the the camera like kind of follows the character who's walking and goes like under the staircase that just looks great. Mm -hmm. um, the score, I, I like uh, some of the 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 score and like the music that that sort of like 
I don't know. It's just like Italian-y, like woman choir actually, type thing. I love that stuff. <laughs> it's actually one of my, honestly, I, I'm not the hugest fan of the score in this movie. Like, really? Yeah. It's funny. Cause some of the, some of the, the pieces in this film remind me of like, like porn. Like it sounds like yeah, porn music. Uh, I, like, I like it. Yeah. Like I don't really specifically love the score, but I felt like it really like fit and it kind of like felt sleazy. That opening That's why I've always liked those type of scores. Uh, I like, I yeah, they're not my favorites in that opening scene in the tunnel. You go through the tunnel and there's the way it's lit and you just like go around this like dingy room with all these people. It just, ah, uh, Mm-hmm. It, it's so mood setting. I like. I was so on board from like the the voiceover right at the beginning, and then leading into this like photography. It just like I love. It the feels a lot man. like the it, this movie you get. Like it feels like a lot of the same concepts as Possessed, but it's just like it's grown upon, and it's like and it's well. Still the Possessed like, shares a lot more with um like oh, footprints yeah, on the moon. Oh, I agree, but I feel where like the, that's a re- almost a remake. But again, like the Possessed is like. You know, it, it has the voiceovers in that. And this one starts with a voiceover. Like, there's all yeah. these contrasts between these films. Like, you can tell it's a Banzoni film, right? It's just, it's he's got kind of a stamp on it and stuff. But, but yeah. So, anyways, JP, go on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, um, I like the, there's, there's some good, um, like stalking POV type camera work there too. I think of like the one in like the, on the like, walking trail or wherever that was mm-hmm. in the in the like forest um the lead is uh <laughs> it's pretty nuts um franco nero which wasn't he in the pope's yeah exorcism yeah. He, he, yeah he plays the actual pope remember i didn't know that he was in the film and then i'm watching i'm like franco nero plays the pope I'm like of course he plays the fucking pope that's yeah. amazing <laughs> Like who else are you going to get to play the fucking Pope? And nowadays is Frank O'Neill. That's that. That's great casting. So, yeah, I mean, it's very, it, it's, this is like the Giallo, <laughs> like it, this is a Giallo film. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, it, it's I've a good seen one it before. Yeah. It's a good, it's, it's a really good film, man. Um, yeah. Like the, you're right though like the cinematography the tunnel scene is really great even like the panning through the club in the beginning with the credits and stuff is really cool mm-hmm. but All yeah the, they're like sets too they're just like that like that clean like stylistic like 70s aesthetic and i just fucking love that yeah it's crazy how different this movie feels and looks than the possess and it's like six years later yeah, right it's it, like you yeah, can tell it's, it's completely you, different you can tell it's like the 70s like franco nero just looks like that typical 70s he's got those fucking big choppers on the side and shit and he's like all drinking heavy and shit and like just the characters they just scream 70s like so much but i actually really like you know like the plot in this film like like the way he figures out like the killer and stuff like you know all the killings are happening on tuesdays and he you know he goes to the whole aries thing i think there's a lot of cool things within that man i i think it's just it's a great performance from franco nero too man he really sells he's a very so strong well. lead in this yeah dude like yeah he fucking smacks the shit out of his chick too oh he's he carries this film like he like for a movie like that's kind of what separates some of these giallos is like you need like a strong a strong interesting main character like franco nero that like it to really carry like the structure of the film the one thing about this film that i wish there was a little bit like the actual kills most like some of the kills are even off screen in this there, yeah, it's there's not, a it's throws. not very violent like there's what four or five kills in the movie of course yeah this but... movie is not very violent but i would say this movie is a lot more mysterious and a lot more like 
cinematically tense than most yellow. Right. I, right. I, I think the, I the um, you have the, the honestly the, the the one where the chick gets thrown over the stair, the railing of the stairs. Dude, I wrote in my notes. I said, "Man, that thing looked like it fucking hurt for real, man." <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think that person whoever did that stunt would got up right away, man. Like yeah, that shit dude, looked fucking. That's what I'm saying. Because they shot that, and it, there's no cuts. Like that person fucking nailed the ground. Yeah. I was like, "Damn, dude, that fucking that had to have fucked their back and ribs up, man." <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, you had, um, and then there. I think there was a wasn't there the chick that was at the fire under the bridge. That was cool um, location too for a. Oh, scene. totally. And that was probably um, the most visceral and like graphic, vivid kill in the film was was her because the killer comes up behind her and and actually slits her throat yeah i think uh, since you really don't see that throughout the film it catches you and like has a yeah. more of an effect than a normal it, it actually does and i actually wrote that down i said the the one kill that you actually get to see you know straight up was was more effective because they didn't really show the other stuff like it was more implied like you know the drowning which is always not very exciting to see on a film anyways or whatever yeah. kill in the bathtub like i mean there was no blood it was more of a drowning kind of thing yeah. But yeah, I think it made it a lot more effective and uh yeah, like man, and she had a fucking rager going, like that fire was huge and she's still putting more wood on the damn thing. I was like, shit, I like I this. I know, chick, I man. was like, damn, bro. <laughs> she's got a bonfire man. going down there. It's um, the right place too. Like you got that huge uh that huge cinder thing right there. I mean the fire wasn't gonna spread. No, she was she, probably wicked cold and it was just keeping the crew warm. So like, totally. Oh, it probably was it too. And it was damn. actually the fire that they just put into the film. They're like, oh fuck, man, we're cold as shit down here. <laughs> yeah and um the one dude doesn't even die from a kill no he actually dies technically of a heart attack right yeah always yeah, reminds me was, of uh, child's cool. play three but that guy was like, a chucky, <laughs> chucky scares the like the lieutenant or like the the general or whatever and he fucking falls the toy the case. toy factor he was the owner wasn't he he was the uh he was the toy owner no dude. no it was the dude in the military the school military. yeah oh like yeah yeah in general. part three uh, yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, and and Chucky's like, he's gonna, like, fucking out of kills. Oh, yeah, because he's fucking around, he's playing like golf and shit at the beginning of the film. He's drinking a scotch and shit. Yeah, yeah he just like turns guy. around and just like gives him a heart attack. Right, right, right. That fucking, yeah. Chucky's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Man, I fucking love Child's Play 3, man. That's I, me too. That that's, my like that's my favorite. That's my favorite Child's Play. I think that's my favorite one too. It, it, I think the first one's the best one, but I think this one. I mean, two's my favorite, but. Dude, I've I always like said three, dude, are so fucking fun, man. Dude, I've yeah. always said that the animatronics in part three are in fucking credible, man. Yeah, like they did such a good job with those with those animatronics, man. Like it blows my mind. I know we. I even mentioned that when we when we reviewed the the film, and I was like, man, it is so good. Even in the original Chaz play, they're really well done. But like part three, it's nuts the way they shoot it. Like Chucky's just running around. Like there's no shooting it from angles where you know like where you kind of have to do that because the shit's not really working properly and stuff like Chucky's like running around and it's fucking great. Yeah. Do a good job with that, man. But I just think like, I think the live round roulette is like some of the best stuff in the series. <laughs> it's, I always said, it's like, I think it's one of the mean, most mean spirited things they ever did in a film, man. Like he yeah. literally replaced yeah. the paintballs with fucking real bullets, dude. That's brutal. And Whitehurst <laughs> and the Whitehurst just fucking gets, uh, he gets blown up and shit. Yeah. Uh, like I always remember thinking that was really mean spirited. He was like, he was like such a little dork and they totally yeah, like, violated him like in the a film. hero's arc either. It's just like, this is fucking <laughs> like, you like, you felt bad for him, man. It's like, oh, yeah, God. it was kind of like they killed that guy. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know, in like a brutal way too, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Um. Anyways, back to the, think of the ending. Okay, so I mentioned the ending before, and like I, you know, I've obviously seen this movie before, and I, I couldn't remember. And then when the reveal happens, and then, and then when you get further into the reveal, I was like, I started laughing. I was like, really? <laughs> it wasn't. Dude, I love it. I think it's so fun. I was giggling the whole time. Like, this is what pissed people off now. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He was, I was like, well, you gotta be shitting me, dude. I, I don't know. It just, I felt like that was very taboo to do for 1971 though. Right. To have that, that, that yeah. type of thing revealed in 1971 because i mean let's face it back in those days like it's not like 2023 we're not they weren't very polite about shit like that back in 1971 like i mean you barely ever saw shit like that yeah that was just like but to have that in there like you didn't have to do that but it's just like oh shit they did that <laughs> <laughs> i liked it man i actually really liked the ending i think it's pretty good i, liked I it. fuck with it too yeah and to be honest like the mystery is incredible because like you would never think like at least you know even seeing this film i couldn't remember but i i couldn't figure out who the fucking killer was right in the film was. i think they did a good job with it man i think so. they did a really good job with it. i think like franco nero did a really good job holding it together and being an interesting character to follow around but like, i mean in I, reality you would never guess because of the scene in the in the uh, tunnel right 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 yeah. like you would never well, that's even why that's why it's like a good yeah, that's like a big a red perfect, uh sort of red herring thing you know yeah right i love that scene when he's like discovering the dates and he's got like all the almanacs like across so he's like well there was this one on this date and he's got like a like a magnifying glass <laughs> over all of them dude, <laughs> i love that shit man like like book to book dude there was actually the the actual opening of this film with the dialogue about like i'm gonna commit murder or something that was pretty cool too yeah man yeah. reminded me of tenebrae yeah now this is a pretty good good uh giallo i like, I like how they it. bring up like i think it's like one of his bosses whatever he's talking about like him being a conformist and shit like that that was a big thing in like the 70s and if you watch a lot of italian films like <laughs> just even crime films and shit, they always talk about like how like conformists were like the you know they were like the fucking the evil of the world and shit like that I, it's just like such a 70s italian thing to be it just reminds me of the goth kids from south park you know, the like oh my god <laughs> right like it was such a bad thing you know like if you called someone a conformist like in 1971 italy like it was you know you were the fucking devil kind of thing right so i just it's i just something I, that i noted because i've seen other like crime films and shit and they 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 talk about conformists and shit and it's just like like you get executed for that shit you can't be a conformist so yeah there's a there's literally an italian movie called the Con yeah there is actually there actually there actually <laughs> is yeah you're right it's released great by film. uh raro raro put that out yep great film great yeah, I, I, i've never seen it but yeah it got me th i actually thought of that too when they were talking about being conformist and shit like that he's calling him a conformist and oh my god yeah franco he's fucking drunk dude he wasn't conforming to anything man Fuck. i love that scene he's like she he comes back in like the apartment and he's getting just that like called chick he's banging and he's like, oh, I thought you found a new, I thought you found a new position. And she's just like laying on his bed naked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a fucking weird house. Like the like the, the design of the house and shit, like where the fireplace was. That shit was bizarre to me, man. Like it has a like open kind of 
hit to like in the middle of the room and shit like it was a fuck yeah. man those, those house designs are bizarre to me man that was yeah it was a, that was a i remember thinking that like in that scene where he's like drunk chasing her around yeah like i've never seen a fire pit in a house like that like it's like it, it's just so strange to me like right in the middle like it's just like you could you could have that shit outside you know what i mean but it's like in the middle of your fucking living room it's just so strange but anyways um but yeah no the fifth quarter is a great movie man it's uh it's a very tantalizing film like you get so into it I, the thing that sells it for me though man is literally well obviously the mystery but and i like the way you know it all kind of comes around and the reveal is great in this film but franco nero is the fucking he's the man in this film dude like he sells the shit there's a couple yep. scenes where like he's pretty much in every scene in the film but there's a couple scenes where he's actually not in it for you know a few minutes but you notice right away you're like get back to franco I like, think this might be one of my favorite Giallo lead performances. Yeah, he's so good in this. And like I said, like I feel like he was method acting in this and he was actually drunk because he's pulling it off so fucking well. Like, I don't know what it is, man. Like he's he's it, it's kind of interesting because like they talk about how he's a total he's a total drunk and shit like that, but he never like faults due to the being drunk in the film at all. Like he's never vulnerable in the in the those positions and stuff. Like he's a super strong smart dude people to see him differently because he drinks too much and shit like that i like that about his character man like it's it's part of the factor and the narrative but it's never it's never a downfall to him either i like that they keep the character strong so and you can see in his performance too man it's great yeah he just he's just a really talented actor. he's even like underrated i think i think people like know him obviously like he as like a genre star but like i almost like don't think it's almost understated like how real solid of an actor he actually is oh for sure for sure yeah and he's in like i don't know how many a lot of stuff i don't know how many credits near i'm actually gonna click on it right now i want to see what his credits are according to indb but it says 100 and oh 229 16 upcoming credits 16 in stuff all he was in john wick too like he's just like in like these like these big movies like We'll what just call Franco Nero up because of how like culturally significant he is that like, oh, we need an old oh. Italian assassin. Let's call Franco Nero to cameo. Oh, uh, me, man. There's of, a of this character he used to play. Let's call it Franco Nero to do a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that with um, Tarantino that he put him in the, in the, in his Django That's film. So sick. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I don't think a lot of people even realized who that dude was when they're watching this film, but like that's fucking Django. That's just so incredible. That's so Tarantino to do that. But um there's another movie coming out called Django Lives. It's in production and he's in it. He plays Django. What the That's fuck? That's so sick. What the hell? That I don't know what kind of narrative cuz Franco Nero's like getting Obi-Wan pretty old. Obi-Wan like coming out be like we have handguns now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so 229 with 16 upcoming man. Franco Nero is pretty fucking old. Like like man, he's getting up there in age, dude. Like he's not slowing down. He was born in 41. Wow, he's older than I thought, then. Dude, he's like 82 years old, and he's got yeah. 16 projects. I figured, I figured he would again. be like, like 72, 73, something like that. I didn't think he was that old. Well, I guess, God. yeah, what do you... Django came out in what, like 66? 66, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, 25, that sounds right. Man, I I completely had forgot that he was in Die Hard 2 until I just saw it on his credits. I'm like, he was in Die Hard 2. That's fucking yeah. insane. So, John Wick 2, that's crazy. But Die Hard, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah fucking guy's not slowing down man franco nero is the man he's a living legend dude living legend yeah 
Now he's just on borrowed time because I would say if you make it to eighty, you're just on borrowed time after that. You're playing with house money, right? Like eighty, like that's that's pretty good. Any if you make it to eighty, that's pretty fucking good. But no. So yeah, but uh, yeah, the fifth chord um, ratings, I guess. I don't. Again, these are we always talk about like you know Giallo. They're hard to talk about because you don't really want to give too much away, especially mm-hmm. with Giallos because it's so easy to ruin them. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm not, like I'm, there's like for me anyway about like Giallos. I care almost less about the reveal as I do about just like the the journey. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes so, it doesn't bother me, and other times I'm just like I literally laugh out loud. Sometimes, like this one, it was a the way they re- like the reveal, and then like it, I thought it was great. Just the was, way like these movies are presented, like it doesn't bother me with something's kind of wonky, like in these as much as it would with like a '90s slasher if like something's wicked stupid because they're just like yeah. presented like so like down to earth and serious. Where like these movies, like they're just so like exaggerated, almost in a sense like sexually and violently and like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this like a, this one's better than the average. Like the average, the average uh, Giallo ending is far below. I think in yeah, general, this, this is just like I think this is a, a good little gem. I think this there's a lot more of like spotlight, especially among Giallo. Again, like this felt like this felt more like it feels to me like he's very like inspired by Hitchcock films oh, and he 100%. like has his own like vision upon. It. That's why I say like, all three of these films almost feel like Vertigo to me in a different way. I feel like mm-hmm. every Giallo had to been inspired. Like Hitch- Hitchcock was so ahead of its time, and like yeah, everybody wanted like, to do those type gonna, of things. People are they're gonna, so like, shocking. Emulate what they like and like what's inspiring right. them. It's just right. This is I like mean, the, these like answer. I've always said that though. Like Giallos are like an extension of a Hitchcock world, like yeah, or film, you know, kind of thing. Like that's exactly what they are. Like those were so mysterious and and just like the reveals in those films are so incredibly fucking well done, though. Like I like Hitchcock was just man incredible, incredible. But yeah, like I mean, there can be re- like the one thing about Giallo reveals sometimes that that pisses me off is when they reveal someone and like they haven't even introduced that character really at all, or that that character was in like one scene for two seconds. You're like, how the fuck? Like really? That that always bugs me. But in this movie, it's like the polar opposite, right? Yeah. So, but yep. uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, JP. Uh, uh yeah um this is uh this is this is pretty good giallo honestly it would definitely make my top 27 was that what it was 27 giallos yeah yeah <laughs> um i i'd never seen it before but um honestly i liked it a lot for yeah, it's really good. it was like the honestly this was the first one i watched of these three too it was like the it was like a great way to start italian or month honestly i was like damn yeah. this is uh and and I think it looked good. It shot watched, good. Too. Um, I give it an eight. Yeah, yeah. No, I I can't do that. I I have to watch them in in sequence. I didn't even realize the sequence until after I watched them all. I just honestly, like, I, I do sometimes, and sometimes I don't. Like sometimes I just like. Well, I do it. it, it from also, like I do it. It matters. The, like, good. Well, I, I mean, I was just gonna say I do it because of like sometimes growth in filmmaking too like if you watch an earlier yeah. film especially if they're like 20 years apart you say you watch a film from 1970 and then their second film is like 72 and then the other one's like 80 like you know just that growth mm-hmm. in filmmaking shit so like i if i watch it i mean i'm very symmetrical like everything like i, I like symmetrical shit like it's got to be like that like i like to do shit in order and stuff um but like watching film i just i've always done that 
I if I would have yeah, paid attention and I, and to the years, I, I agree I with that to an extent as well. But I also kind of find it interesting sometimes when you start uh, with like this film and then you go back to their earlier work because it adds like it adds perspective in like the other way. You know what I mean? Where right. you're like, oh, this right. is their beginning. Like, let's see how they grew. You know, it still kind of works. It's just different. But, but I mean, um, to be honest, but to be honest, like if you were you know, just getting into film right now and someone's like, Hey, well, you know, watch some Argento films. And you started with Dracula 3d. Would you go back and check out some of his other films? Probably not. <laughs> I would just because I'm, I'm just saying, but the average fan <laughs> wouldn't, they'd be like, fuck Argento sucks. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. um, but I, uh, I mean, that's happened to me a ton of times where I've watched someone's like worst film as the first one I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the reason I watched these ones out of order per se is because of like availability like the uh was possessed was the hardest one to find yeah. i didn't know how i was gonna find it so uh this one was on streaming like shutter or something uh, or amc plus or something and um that that's why it was like the easiest to get to and then i think footprints was on um tubi i think and then like AMC i said plus, it took actually. me I, I found midnight pulp at the very end which so you just <laughs> i thought i was gonna have to rent it Hmm. So you don't yeah, know no, any of these. Know, these all have great releases, like three. Possessed and Fifth Chord. Got the beautiful arrows. Uh, you there. know what? I th think I own a uh, one of those old Arrow check discs of of uh, the Fifth Chord or or the Possessed. Wait, did Arrow put out the Fifth Chord? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I actually, I, I actually have. I think the check disc for both those two. Actually, to be honest, but I got the yeah. regular Blu-rays. And of course, but I wasn't home when I watched these, so I was like, you know. Except well, for out, uh, last night. Or uh, Severn put out uh, footprints in their box set, um, like the, what's it called, Sorry. Tyler? What, what the, they did? Like, I was looking online for where I could buy that movie. Like, uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of the box. It's it's a box set. It's, um, I reviewed Identikit last year in my 31 Days of Horror, and it's, um, it's a fucking fantastic movie. It's actually a box set based on a book. Um, it's about like it's all female leading roles and stuff like that. It's Wait, the 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 uh, what's it called? I can't fucking remember. No, the, no way. Then I have there I like have psychotic the, women or something. Psychotic yes. women. Yes. Wait, are you fucking serious? Yeah, how's the psychotic <laughs> women? Yeah, that's the book, dude. That's the that book is that this box set is hilarious. Based on. Because yeah, so I, it's not, I gotta confirm this. Oh my god, I'm like, I own that, that box, box set. set. It's sitting out in the hallway right now, and right. I didn't fucking know that movie was in it. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Well, so yeah, so I I've I've watched two of them. I I've watched. Um, I know the our bats is in that one. I heard that one's really fucking strange, and the other one's really strange too. But I I. I I watched Identikit for 31 days last year with um with Elizabeth Taylor and I've never I don't think I've actually ever seen a movie with Elizabeth Taylor in it before so I was kind of like whatever oh that's a yeah I think I bought that oh at Wasteland God it does have it in here wow I'm gonna buy this fucking Identikit blew my shitter out man it was fucking so good man so good and I understand why Footprints is in this box set because it's very kind of similar to Identikit it has this contrast right it really does it's, it they're different films but Identicate is such a fucking it's like a masterpiece dude it's so good it's dude, you know you have problems right? whenever you are about to rent a movie and you and actually you own, it? own it 
Yeah, it's almost half off right now. Too. That is ridiculous, on. dude. I did not know that that was in that box. Yeah, yeah. the Danza Macabre. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to remember off the beginning. Uh, wow. box set one. I watched the one film. I got to get the second volume here. But yeah, I'm gonna that, have to buy this. This the is, women in distress is so fucking pricey right this, now. This is only it's only fifty seven on Amazon right now. They are releasing yeah, that's these movies price. separately now. Actually, you can get footprints separate and identical. So they obviously. I'm kind of just willing to try them all. Especially well, if there's an Elizabeth Taylor movie in there. So, yeah, the Identikit was the first, like I said, I reviewed it and it was fucking phenomenal, man. Like but, phenomenal. Yeah. Like I was I like, really taken back by it. I was like, I did not know what I was going to get myself into because I've never seen, like, I know Elizabeth Taylor is very famous and, and this is kind of later in her career and stuff. And I did not know what to, what was getting, well, not for later, but she was like in mid forties. But, uh, it's like the narrative is so fucking cool, man. It's such a nightmare it's amazing i loved it so i've actually yeah, only seen like three movies of elizabeth taylor now i was getting her confused with joan crawford oh fuck joan crawford yeah i was getting her confused with joan crawford no elizabeth taylor i've only seen in like she was in like i've seen like the really popular movies. she's in like who's afraid of virginia wolf and like um like uh oh i've seen that too okay she's so in that I- um and it's the one one of the, the one of the james dean movies giant She's in uh, that. She's I've really good seen, in that. That's a I've great movie. That. I watched yeah. that this year. Oh, she must have been pretty young in that one then. Yeah, she's like 24 and it's really yeah. good. Robert Mitchum's in it. Um, uh, Rock Hudson's in it. Holy uh, shit, that's Dennis, a crazy cast. Young Dennis Hopper's in it. James Dean's in it. It's so good. It's it's like three hours long, but it's incredible. Rock Hudson. Didn't he die of AIDS? Yep. He was like one of the first celebrities to like get like AIDS and die. And yeah, right. Like because he was like he was like a man's man too. Yeah, dude, I know. Like, I, I've, I've seen Rock Hudson in tons of movies, man. It's fucking good actor, man. Um, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, uh, I guess what am I? Is it my rating on the fifth chord? Would you give it, JP? Uh, I gave it an eight. Eight. Okay. So I'm gonna come in at a nine on the fifth chord. Also, it's fantastic. Sacedo. Uh, I'm also going to stay with my eight. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I think this is really a really underrated yellow and should get a lot more attention than it does. It's the correct way of putting it. I believe, man, the fifth chord is definitely an underrated yellow. Like you just don't hear it mentioned when people talk about, well, if you want to say best yellows, but even when people make like their favorite list and shit, you don't see the fifth chord mentioned a whole lot. Yeah, this movie I've like almost never seen mentioned. And I do remember liking it the first time I saw it. And like, I wasn't really expecting it to like it as much as I did this time. And you know, it's funny too, because this movie has been read readily available for years. Like Anchor Bay put it out on DVD, obviously Blue Underground, Lustig again. Like it's got many releases. I don't know. Interesting. All right, so that is the uh, the fifth chord from 1971. All right, so last up, 1975, we have Footprints on the Moon, starring the very unique-looking Florinda Balkan. Uh, we got Peter uh, McGeary in this film also. I th- believe he is a he's a British actor, right? The dude, I've seen him in something. I believe he's British. Yep, he's from the UK. Okay, so I've seen him in others. I can't think of what it is, but anyways. So I had never actually seen Footprints on the Moon before, or AKA Footprints, as several re- released it as Footprints. Um, I passed on this DVD many times. Uh, Shameless put it out years ago from the UK uh, under Footprints on the Moon. 
Uh, cause I kept hearing people just kept telling me it was terrible. Like they're, they're like, don't even bother with footprints. It's fucking terrible. And you know, it, I had to import it and I just always passed over it. So I'd never actually seen this movie before. So it's my little history with it, but a uh, quick little synopsis on it. After being tormented by dreams about astronauts on the moon, a translator visits a deserted sea town, seaside town, of course, whose inhabitants know her, although she does not know them. All right, so mm-hmm. yeah, Florinda Balkin, of course, from uh, Lizard Woman Skin. Uh, she's actually been in a lot of movies. I've seen her in tons of films, man. I know she did this film called uh, House by the Beach, I believe, in the seventies or something like that. That was yeah, kind of she did that. Um, she's in a film, a very famous film called um, Flop of the Heretic. Uh, oh, that one too. Um, Investigation of a Citizen Under uh, Above Suspicion. Right. It's like a police procedural with um, Gian Viante. I I forgot his whole name. He's the guy that plays the villain in the first few dollars movies. Why is it? It's not really a horror movie. It's like a police procedural. No, we didn't do, we didn't do that one. Um, yeah, she was also in candy from 1968, which is interesting. She was in machine gun McCain, which is cool. That's a good movie. Um, a lizard woman skin, of course, uh, don't torture a duckling uh fly of the heretic which is pretty cool um yeah and last house on the beach was 78 it's like a i think it's like a rape revenge film right it's been years since i've seen it but i believe it's like a rape revenge thing something like that but, well she was in a lucina visconti film too i'll definitely watch that yeah yeah she's got a very uh, unique like look that. to her i like that forbidden lady movie oh yeah yeah it's a great movie all right, so thoughts on footprints on the moon? Oh yeah, and also starring Klaus Kinski. I think, <laughs> we'd, we, I think we'd mentioned that pr- uh, prior in the in the intro yeah. and stuff like that. But Klaus plays a a little uh, little role in this. Um, plays like this professor type thing, and he's poorly dubbed. It, actually, the dub is fucking hilarious because it totally doesn't fit him. At all. <laughs> it's like it's jarring because I know what Klaus Kinski sounds. like. Oh, totally, totally, hundred percent, man. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre um yeah so uh footprints on the moon uh thoughts on this one uh so i'll say i'll start with you so um put my cards on the table this this is probably my favorite movie i've watched like for this podcast period of first time watches i adored (laughs) this movie i thought it was so good this is like top 10 favorite first time watches of the year for me it's, it's, dude, this, this show movie. is boring bro i thought this movie was so good i thought it was so eerie no i get that jp and like atmospheric i i thought florida bulk was like the boat was incredible in this you know what's like, really funny about this movie though like because she's got short hair through all the film but that's actually the wig that she's wearing because she that's it, what i figured it, i kind of in the scenes that, when she's she got the long the hair on i was like that looks way too good there's no yeah. way she's well no like the yeah because she's like way. known for her hair and shit. like it's funny because i when the movie started i was like she's got short hair i'm like no wait a minute and then there's scenes where she actually has her hair like she's got long hair and i'm like because she's supposed to be wearing a wig and i'm like oh that's funny that they did that because that's actually her real hair in re- in reality <laughs> and then the wig she's wearing is the short the short one that's kind of funny but um, but yeah, no, I get this. I, I, I was very interested to talk about this film because 
I kind of figured that JP was going to be snoring in this one and you were probably going to love this one. I, I personally Dude, I fell asleep film. four fucking times, man. But I, <laughs> I, but I, I get, oh I get this. I get it from the vantage point of, you know, the reveal is everything in this and it all makes fucking sense when you get the reveal in this without the reveal, like you'd be like, what the fuck? What the hell? I did I just the kind ending of was so fucking good though. I thought it's, that it's was, a, it's a good scary. reveal. I thought it was so good. It's a good reveal because like it all makes fucking sense. It like it just ties everything perfectly in the end. And I like the journey there. Like the journey is great. Like the interactions she has with the little creepy ginger kid who's in like a ton of movies too. <laughs> what the fuck is that little kid's name? Oh, I don't know gosh. if it was the same girl, but she kind of reminded me of the girl from um the Beyond. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not. I always think it's her too, but it's not. She this girl was in, I believe she was in Don't Torture a Duckling too, wasn't she? Wasn't that little girl in Don't Torture a Duckling? I think the little girl, the one with the duck doll. Oh no, she wasn't. I think she had blonde hair. Oh, she's from the case of Scorpion's Tail and the Bloodstained oh, okay. Butterfly. She was in Murder Mansion. She was in Queens of Evil, The Weekend wow. Murders, The Unholy. That's a lot Four. for a child. Unholy Four. Like I've seen all these movies. Knife of Ice, which is uh, Lindsay film. She had to be like some producer's kid that was just always on these movies. And this is like in a couple years. Like she was in all these movies, just basically in a couple years. Like it's fucking crazy. She was in Syndicate Sadist Man from '75. That's a cool movie um oh fuck totally she was in the psychic faulty psychic she's the fucking creepy these are kid all like a kid yeah like fuck man that i was 77 so i mean this she only had to be yeah she had to be like some producer's daughter the weird thing is man she was acting like up until 1990 and then that was just it <laughs> like it's so fucking strange and then did nothing after but yeah she was in a ton of notable films that have good releases and shit so but yeah anyways yeah her interactions with her in the film are really good and stuff like that but i did i like the whole mystery that's like you're like what the fuck is going on the whole thing and and stuff and then i just feel like there's so much downtime where where nothing's happening but there's something i couldn't get into the like i mean i yeah it, it by the end of it i the astronaut stuff is actually the most interesting aspect of the movie because it's creepy um but you know it's just, a really interesting way of showcasing like a mentality of using the the astronaut scenes as like a huge metaphor for almost yeah. being out to lunch kind of thing like you're just you're out of your rocker like you're you're on the moon kind of thing and like i think it's so daring it's just so interesting it's so confusing to people because if you're not looking at it as like a metaphor you're like what the fuck are these inserts mm -hmm. doing here like what are we they're doing tests on her they're doing this and that and shit and like like it's such an interesting journey because in your right though like when those inserts come in they're all black and white and i love that they shot those in black and white too like mm -hmm. like they did on the moon and shit like that because it adds it's like it's a huge metaphor for exactly what's going on with her it's like it's black and white right it's 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 really interesting i think this is a really well made film very well acted like balkan does she kills this role she's the so good in this women in this movie is in giallo in general is they tend to be very sexualized and you almost like don't take them seriously a lot of the time but like th she's so confident in this movie and by having with the short hair most of the time you're just like not sexualizing her like yeah. at all and it's like it just like Wish it makes they... it her character like well, so more complex and so much more interesting you're me. right you're right because you take her serious you take her differently Right. Because if you see Balkan in other films, she's like very kind of unique looking and in pretty in her own way. But her she's known for her like beautiful hair and stuff like that. Like 
not and and taking that off the off the um off the chart and using the short hair it just it creates a totally different type of character it just she comes across as kind of like a tough bitch in this movie that like could like handle herself and like she's doing all this investigating by herself but like she i never get that feeling where like she's in danger like because of like her inadequacies but i I think it's 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 totally part of her character because she's a translator so she's always in charge right like yeah i like that she's in charge of what she's doing translating like she's got an important job and stuff like that so she takes it upon herself to do this but like in, in reality wouldn't you be you know kind of freaking out too like if you went to a small town and everyone knows you but you don't know them and shit like that like and you lost two days and like yeah it's so like all weird. these things are factors it's, and you're just like what the fuck is going on like why can't i remember yeah, these two days? i like that it just like and like nothing it shows you is reliable like you she shows you talking to people and you don't totally. know if that just happened or if that happened on tuesday right like it, there's so many layers and like puzzles it presents to you and it just it, everything is like a red herring and everything is unreliable it, it just i love these like these scenes that might have like seemed boring words but i just i love the at- just the atmosphere of the beach like her just like sitting there like these like scenes just staring off into like like these like dense woods it yeah. just it creates just, it's like the movie's like saturating itself to me and it just it helped like again something that mm-hmm. i was like super invested in and like was like i felt was like tense right again with the you know the seaside shore small town kind of setting and thing i like that aspect i mean the film shot good too um i maybe if there was some more like i don't know like some kills or something it's just but it's so much dialogue but it's not that movie it's it's totally a character study of someone indirectly it's it's not really not like a lot of um like italian is though that's the thing like there's such a huge mystery here because you're like what the fuck is going on like what is what is it's just it's like it's a theme that he's just just, repeated in all these movies it's like it's a self-discovery odyssey yeah i I like these character pieces man where it's like this it just feels like you could see where it's going a mile away you know really you, like, you, you, was, you knew exactly like at was, the ending dude i mean she like, doesn't oh, like she doesn't remember like i the fact that she can't well, they remember tried. what happened that she has time loss in two days says something's wrong with her well they also they also throw the fact in the narrative in, in a little bit of the plot of the, and they say something on the lines of like she was taking some medication and stuff and maybe you know possibly she took too much and zonked out i was like well that's kind of hard to believe because no one's going to sleep for like fucking you know 48 50 hours straight and just lose two fucking days kind of thing but i, I like, like not something i questioned you know what i mean yeah well i like the fact that they didn't keep pushing that fact that like oh she's on medication and she's stressed out and she's work she's overworked and blah 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 like they mention it but they don't keep going back to it which is nice because it's there it's in your mind you're like okay that's a that's a plot that's a you know it's plausible that it happened but probably not there's something else definitely going on with this character and stuff like that but like obviously it's presented in a different way but i really am a fan of like that like i'm gonna say like the serbian film thing where like somebody like finds something like finds out something and then needs to like discover what actually happened by retracing like their their time loss right and like i just felt like every like step she took every like new person like that found out like that she knew and like every little piece of information they gave you was just like another step that was just like more and more for me that i was like attaching myself with yeah and i like the fact that like when she was you know in the town and stuff and like oh no your name was this and you had long hair like she was disguising herself and stuff and then but all that stuff starts it, it all makes sense 
you know, it, it comes full circle and it, it I, I just like the ride of this, man. But I do get it from your point, JP. Like, you know, if you're not invested in this film right away, you're probably not going to get invested because it really doesn't, it doesn't pick up. It's the same very, very slow burn. But, it, but then again, I mean, the possessed is a super, super slow burn too. Like the movie's very slow. This almost felt like a remake of the possessed to me. It, like, well, it, it deals to, with like, a lot of the same type of things, right? It, you know, yeah, like, you know, like memory the same concept, and figuring but out I things. I felt like he really like went more daring and like threw some something out there that was a lot more like fantastical and like eerie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, dude. I just, I, I don't. I'm not as impressed with you guys about with, with like. It just seems kind of simple, honestly. I mean this is the perfect example of a film that can totally just separate people. I, I kind of <laughs> figured this was going to happen. Like I was putting in my, my predictions in my mind here. And I was like, I was pretty bang on. I was like, I think Tyler's going to like this one. And JP might be a little bit indifferent on it. I was like, shit, pretty bang on, I mean, on this man. After watching this one, I watched the possessed and I was like, I thought the possessed was way better. Yeah. I mean, it's just all personal preference. Like, I, I just, I really like these type of films. Like I, if, I love slow burns as as long as there's like a, a payoff that doesn't leave you questioning shit. And, you know, like this is the type of movie where if it was very, um, like almost like an abstract, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not convoluted. What the, I, I can't think of it anyways, but you know, like if, if the ending was just not straightforward, I think you would, it would probably hurt it for me. You know, but I think what they did in this was uh, was appropriate and it worked very, very I, it well. Almost, for... It startled me. I didn't think that was going to happen. Mm-mm. What? I mean, there's always yeah, the possibility that you're she, thinking. Like when she went to the beach, like, I didn't think like that was a real thing. Yeah. Like, I was like startled, honestly. <laughs> it, it, it is incredible, like, that he created such a great atmosphere in the daytime. Because, like, most of this movie is shot in the light. Mm-hmm. But it has this like foreboding, like nightmare aspect to it, which is in the day. And it's very hard to capture that on film, right? Because, you know, with the possessed being black and white, like that's almost a character in itself in that film. And it's a lot easier to capture that nightmare feel when you're shooting a film like that. But when you shoot it all in the daytime on a beach in like a nice area, like it's just a lot harder to capture. But there's just something about the construction of this, the way it flows, that it's just it does it feels like super surreal and i like that aspect man so but again i get it i completely get it i mean i don't think it's a bad movie or anything i just i, I will say too is i'm really i think i'm really biased to like atmospheric self-discovery movies there's a lot of movies like this like that i like like mm-hmm. it, it like it, in the most basic ways like it shares dna with movies like vertigo like eyes wide shut yeah and that that kind of stuff is just like it's, it's kind of in my wheelhouse is like that's a movie crimes like my favorite that i need to rewatch is i i watched eyes wide shut when it came out in 99 mm-hmm. and i have never seen it since and i hated it but i i, I probably <laughs> didn't appreciate it back then i've watched it twice and like i've watched like the last two years like consecutively and i, I like it a lot yeah i bet you I'd, i bet you i'd probably like it now just knowing what i know about film and and it just appreciating what Kubrick had done and like, it's just for its yeah. oddity and stuff I think like it that. Was so really like, it, it's one weird, it's like, it's another kind of thing about Kubrick is like 
Kubrick was like just so far ahead of his time oh. that we like were just not ready for that movie in 1999. And yeah. now here we are, like you know, almost 20, 25 years later, and like maybe yeah. we're like, okay, maybe I, I see what this guy was going for now. Right. Yeah, that's pretty true, though. Pretty, pretty true. Yeah, sure. I've never seen that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like it. That's interesting. It's got Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, and it's actually it's technically a Christmas movie. <laughs> is it really <laughs> it's like it's like it's not there's doesn't like say anything about christmas but like the setting there's like christmas lights all around town like mm-hmm. christmas trees and houses like shit like that it's like it's christmas cool. season right dude you like anytime you set your movie around christmas it instantly makes it better <laughs> it's ridiculous well actually i, I mean i just love christmas movie in movies this is probably much. this might be like the most like dreadful like christmas movie of all time like if you would put it in that camp <laughs> <laughs> um well the fifth court actually starts on what new year's eve new year's day kind of thing so it's around yeah yeah i did notice that that was cool yeah um yeah footprint this is a, this is a really tough one to talk about because yeah you're right like there is it's very heavy dialogued and and uh some might say nothing happens well i mean there's something <laughs> happening in every scene i mean the, the 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 plot moves forward i mean it it is a lot of the same throughout the film because you know she's talking to people and they're saying the same things like yeah i saw you on tuesday <laughs> You can make this a drinking game. Actually, get shit faced for every time someone said, "I saw you on Tuesday." You take a shot. Holy fuck, man! You'd be annihilated. Yeah, what's up with Tuesdays, man? Yeah. Oh yeah, there, there's like there, there's another common theme within these films, man. Tuesdays. Interesting. <laughs> Weird. All right. Um, I honestly don't really know what to say about footprints. I just want to highlight one thing too, like with the cinematography, yeah. mm-hmm. like in that last act, like when she's like remembering like the, uh, like what happened like as a kid and when it lines it up with like the same frame as she is an adult, that is, that was like All right. some of the, I think that shot was like, just like elevated the movie so much for me. Just that like whole, like the settings and just cinematography in this movie, like to just do so much for me mm-hmm. to like, Oh, me too, man. Just soak in the atmosphere. That's just right. like, that's kind of part of the storytelling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, going back to the possessed, like I, I think like the black and white cinematography is like a character in itself, you know? Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, footprints, man. It's, you know, it's, it shares a lot of DNA with, you know, with, uh, the possessed and stuff like that. Um, totally different type of film, but I think if you can slug your way through, the heavy dialogue and this oddly enough this is actually the longest of the three films it's not like a long film it's like 95 96 movie minutes but it's funny because they get longer as you go along if you watch them in sequence if you watch you possessed and more then, film yeah Just a little more every time yeah um jp's probably like oh fuck this one this one could have been <laughs> 70 minutes and i still would have been bored <laughs> but uh, uh it was pretty boring i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i mean i get i get that and i i understand why people were like no stay away from footprints it's fucking it's you know it's so boring it's useless blah 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 and like i you know whatever i mean people have different tastes and shit like that i think it's really interesting um but i am gonna come in also at a nine on this one so i'm nine across the board different type of film but uh i thoroughly enjoyed it man it was good good stuff uh Saucedo. 
uh, yeah, this was film was my favorite of the three. Uh, I really like this movie a lot on, my pers- on a personal level. Um, like I was saying earlier, I'm overall, I'm just really impressed with Pizzoni. Uh, I'm really impressed with his vision and his directorial style and just like the kind of concepts he's interested in exploring, the way he plays with time and plays with reality, unreliable narration. I think it's really good and really consistent throughout his work and more people should watch all these movies, even if maybe some of them, maybe even if something, even some like footprints that might seem like divisive between us. It's like, it's a, like, it's an interesting enough like thing, like within all his movies that it, I, that I think you should really check out. Um, but yeah, that's, this one definitely my favorite of the three. I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. JP five. Um, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one just didn't resonate with me. Um, I was, you know, when it first started, I was kind of interested where it was going, and then and and I like like the the small towny type thing. It, it, it always reminds stuff like this always reminds me of like, um, like the Wicker Man and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where where they go to these like coastal towns and you know uncover a mystery type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just I don't know. I wasn't. It just didn't do much for me. Um, I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Okay. You're a dick, but honestly, I was happy it was only ninety minutes, ninety-five minutes, and not like two hours. I would have killed myself. Well, I'm here half the time. Like, yeah, I thought it was really good. Six out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like when you give something to a kid and they're like they're trying it for the first time. Like, do you like it? And they're like, yeah. Do you want some of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i like it enough i'm probably just gonna buy that box set. oh man it's definitely well, like, i yeah. already own that box set. even for identikit man like you got you'll I, I know you'll love that movie if you like this one that much man you'll yeah, definitely I like love identikit identikit was fucking good man it's so good it's funny too because i haven't still like haven't really heard many people talk about it but yeah it's definitely worth your time so but uh yeah that is going to conclude uh italian month week one week one yeah so that was uh luigi benzoni um yeah i mean all three films get recommendation from at least two of us so mm. but uh you know footprints i guess watch at your own risk i mean i i, I it's definitely one of those movies that i can see not being for everybody but then again what movie is for everybody right mm-hmm. so with that said but but yeah, so next week we will be back with who are we doing next week? By the way, I gotta go look at Eric the, Coley. Oh yeah, with Eric Coley. Actually, uh, forbidden photos above. Uh, so the forbidden, forbidden photos, photos of of a lady. Of a lady. Under suspicion. Yeah. Under suspicion. <laughs> That's then, why it sounded familiar to me. Yeah, and then death walks on high heels, and uh, its companion death piece, death walks at midnight. So I own all three of these movies. I've yeah, seen all three of them. They all. Yeah, have, I've seen all three of them too. So these. They were all released by Arrow too. So out of the first six films, five of them have been released by Arrow. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Arrow Scoop. There was like a time period I was just scooping up all these like from, from Arrow. Yeah, they re released like all these. all these in in those Giallo sets and stuff like that. They just Yeah, they released these Giallo sets like, oh, these are movies I already owned. I know. Like someone actually asked me, like, do you have all those Giallo sets? I'm like, no, I don't need them because I have all the individual releases. <laughs> I bought them <laughs> yeah. when they came out. So but yeah, anyways. So yeah, so that's gonna conclude episode. What was it? Two two forty three. 
243. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I guess we're going to get the fuck out of here because the Bills game is starting in one minute. That was really good timing because I had no idea what time it was. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize that it's literally starting in one minute. So, we got to go watch yep. that shit. So, awesome. All right, man. We'll check you guys next week. Deuces. Yep. Next week.